Today's podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code TWD30. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're here to talk about Season 8, Episode 8, the finale. It's called Heartbreak. Uh, no, that's not true. It's called How It's Gotta Be. That's uh, Gimple talking to the fans. Yeah. Gimple and Kanye teamed up for, for the ultimate, uh, I don't know, finale to a season, or half season, I guess. Yeah, how did they not call this Heartbreak? 808 and Heartbreak? Come on. <laughs> I mean, they delivered it. Yeah, they, they certainly sure did. delivered it to a lot of fans, but... We'll talk about that. What did you think of the episode? I uh, hated it. Thought it was a personal affront. <laughs> hated it. No, seriously. Like, wow, damn. Like, like, that's that's it, rough. What have I said at every turn of this sh- terrible, terrible, shitty show that doesn't respect itself or any of its fans? I said, I, think I am, said, fuck Gimple. I am engaged in this because I still really am intrigued by the story of Rick and Carl and and the idea that that Carl. We'll be, have the torch past him eventually. It's this big, long, Prince Valiant, uh, sprawling epic. And I feel like this episode is a personal insult to anyone who felt that way about the show. And, yeah. f- I mean, I you know, I they, the Gimple has told me that he doesn't really necessarily want my type around. So what am I to make of that? What did you think of it? Uh, I don't have that personal um, bugaboo, I guess, with uh-huh. <laughs> with Carl and Rick. That's honestly not the major reason i'm watching anymore um and ki- kind of never was you know i mean you have you know the fact that you're a father and that's the thing that you identified with mm-hmm. and that that was kind of the thing my thing has always been i want to watch a good zombie show mm-hmm. with a lot of well-written characters uh that has gone out the window seasons ago so at this point i'm watching for the yucks um so to me this actually was probably the best episode of the season which I agree with that. is not saying anything. Don't take anything from that because right. it's still a bad episode of television you, in you, general. You're right like half of this episode I got engaged despite myself because yeah. like oh shit, I don't see how they're going to get out of this. I think they do some really cool like tension building stuff with Negan at the gates. Say what you want about grenade launchers and blowing up houses mm-hmm. from the inside out um I'll be saying plenty. I, the, t- the tension is built effectively here, and I think if there were characters that we cared more about, it would be a really good episode. Yeah. That, that that kind of stuff would work really, really well. As is, it's just like, okay, they did something competently. Yeah. Uh, but competent is not good enough, in my opinion. And, like and said, it's not enough to kind of go back on all the crap that they've done in the past season. Yeah, no. it's. Um, I agree with those statements, but like... I guess, and and also, like, I don't know if if people have read or even care about the behind-the-scenes stuff, but if true, and I have no reason to doubt, like, Chandler Riggs' own words, his father's words, his mother's words on the subject, uh-huh. uh, if true, he was fired in one of the most callous, calculated ways possible. In fact, uh, uh, the most uncharitable interpretation is that this was a message being sent. Like, you fucking squawk about your contract or about being on this show, and we will fucking 
show you the door because mm-hmm. the the story, as I understand it, is Scott Gimple personally assured Chandler Riggs that he would be on the show for at least three more seasons. Mm-hmm. And as a response, Chandler bought a house by Sonoya where they filmed this thing. He enrolled in a, uh, a university in Georgia. And less months after these important decisions, which I get it, Chandler's probably worth a couple million dollars. Uh, but still, he's a young guy. He's got his whole – months after that, they just fucking kill him off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Fuck you, Gimple. Because, like, maybe AMC made you do it, but, like, that's no way for a fucking manager. That's and, no I way mean, for anyone responsible for people to, to behave. Yeah, and I, I think it, it, there's a lot of feedback on this um, and people pointing us to articles. Like, the the one that you are referencing here um and and i think if that's the way it went down and i don't know that for a fact but if that's in fact how it happened and the reason it was done it's it's extra shameful to see scott gimple on the talking dead saying we did it all for the story yes um and this is never will we make a decision like that based on those reasons it's going to all be for the story um and it's kind of a fuck you to the fans as well if you're going to use the story and manipulate the story in order to spite your actors um, and get problem people off in order to save budget, you are doing the fans a disservice as well. Right. You're making a shittier show just to carry out a personal vendetta. Right. vendetta. There's there's a lot of fuck yous to go around. It's probably a, a fuck you to Kirkman, mm-hmm. who is the source of the whole, this is all about Carl, this you're going to understand that the story has been about Carl the whole time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I, I, it, it's... And we know for a fact that he is suing AMC, and the production staff can't be too happy about that. Because they've lied about how much money the show's making, right. and they've screwed him out of profits that he feels he's entitled to. Like, it's just... It's just it's just gross all around. And here's the other thing. There's like a conspiracy theory saying that what Gimple and company are doing is doing the ultimate rope-a-dope. Like, they are, they are deliberately disseminating this stuff in the press so people think that Chandler Riggs is, is fired and he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's going to turn out that because of some kind of weird combination of toxic zombies introduced here, the doctor and some antibiotics cache that was introduced in season six, that Chandler's going to be the first confirmed survivor. I'm sorry, Carl is going to be the first confirmed survivor of a, do- a zombie bite. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if that is all true... They have pulled off all this time and effort to sell you on the biggest goddamn Glenn dumpster fire the world's ever seen. Yeah. What the fuck? Sure. No, that that would be... Like, it's it's even worse. I mean, that's that's not even selling out your fans. That's not even selling out your story. That's selling out the fundamental concepts and rules of the universe. I mean, it makes Gimple a better person. That's the only thing that okay. version of the truth has going for it. It doesn't make him a monster that would take an 18-year-old child and wad up his next three or four years of future and throw it into a garbage can. It makes him just a shitty hack writer, which we already knew he is. We've seen... So I've seen comments from Chandler Riggs himself. I I read an interview with him, um, and and I feel like a real dumbass talking about Mm -hmm. this because this is the quote-unquote moment that everyone will be talking about. And here we are. Yeah, we're talking about it. Here we are. We're doing exactly what they wanted. However... Uh, there are many people who wrote in saying, this is my last episode. Yes. <laughs> I, I am done with this show now, and I will continue to listen to you, but the show is off limits to me. Um, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll talk about it later at some point in this podcast. Yeah, we still but, have a wrap-up podcast coming, too. So, But I've read interviews with uh, an interview specifically with Chandler Riggs, who basically said, yes, I am dead. And mm-hmm. there's going to be one episode in the next half season where I f- I'm starring in it, and yeah. that will be like the episode where I kind of, in a bizarre twist, pass the torch to my dad, 
in a strange way. <laughs> well, the other thing is like this this has re like I keep thinking about it. I'm like, what the fuck was the flash forward from this season with Grandpa Rick getting out of bed? A lot of questions about and, that. Oh, and like feedback. was so yeah. that's just a fantasy sequence? Uh-huh. Like, I'm sorry. Anyone defending this show when it's pulling out the lady laziest late 80s, late run Dallas tropes <laughs> to try to tell an entertaining version of this bullshit story, I'm sorry. We're just gonna have to part ways. Because yeah. this is just I don't like I said I can think of multiple defenses, but they're all stupid. If if, if Gimple's engineering this thing all to sell the idea that Carl's actually an immune, that's that's dumb. It is that's dumb. dumb. That goes back and violates everything. Like I don't know. Is it interesting just to flip the table on your world? I don't. I, mean, I don't think so. No. I don't think it's interesting. I don't, I don't think it's interesting. In the same way that flipping the table on characters is not interesting, right. which they seem to do time and time again. Right. Would it have been cool for Vince Gilligan to say, you know, you're going to understand that this is uh, going to be. Uh, Mr. Chips turning into Scarface and uh, kill Walter White uh, in in mid season three, and oh, have, but uh, and make it look like you're going to kill him and then don't kill him. Yeah. Come back in season four and say, well, he survived that, and also he's just going to be Mr. Chips the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I it's, it's it's like I I, I was speech like I was speechless because I've never had such a hard turn before. I'm like, wow, midway through this episode, I'm like. You know, I'm gonna have my standard rants of how much time they've wasted and what an efficient kind yeah. of really cool story they've got that they just bury in fucking bullshit. But when they reveal that that Carl's bit, I mean, it makes sense. Like they did set it up, like with with him and what's his name, Zadik, uh, yeah. rolling around on the ground. Like it seemed pretty obvious that there was an ample opportunity for a zombie to bite him. Yeah, but there again, that's dumb. Like a really. Like Carl got taken out by five zombies. Yeah, with he and he had a gun and another person, so uh-huh. he couldn't handle two and a half zombies with a fucking gun. Right? Fuck no, you! It's, fuck it's... you! I fuck fuck you! All of the everyone on in the writing room, everyone in the executive produ- everyone in the AMC executive, they should all be fucking embarrassed and shit. And I I hope this show <laughs> craters and burns. And oh, it's it's. In the process of doing that. Right. And I'm not even sure, like, I'm kind of mad, like, at AMC, period. Like, I, you know, mm. I, I guess I'll continue to watch um, uh, Better Call Saul because it's not produced by AMC. Mm. Um, they just they just carry it. But That's the thing. I anything wonder. Anything from an AMC studio now, I'm like, what? I, I'm not going to trust it. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, aside from The Walking Dead, I'm not sure what other AMC produced shows AMC has at this point. I know right. like Preacher and and the to fin- to infinity beyond or whatever that uh-huh. fucking uh-huh. samurai western thing? thing into the badlands is that yeah, what it's into called? Yeah, the badlands that's what it was. Uh, it wasn't I what, think that's still a thing. Wasn't your uh Halt Halt Fire Fire, was it but yeah. that was uh, right. But but my point is like what other big shows do they have? What is going to keep AMC, AMC productions afloat after if, this? If AMC announces any kind of thing that requires a budget, any kind of fantasy, any kind yeah. of science fiction, any kind of historic there's no why would you trust them to do it because if they can't do it on a razor thin budget, they're not going to do it. Yeah. So like no, it's shocking to me the way that they have mismanaged this show. Yeah, if AMC Studios had made Mad Men and Breaking Bad, AMC would be a gutter channel that no one would think about or care about right now. Yep, yep. 
And they had a chance to have Frank Darabont, mm -hmm. an intelligent, thoughtful person with a very loyal crew around him, with a very loyal staple of actors, and he could have faithfully adapted the comic book series, and Walking Dead could be talked about in the same breath as Game of Thrones. And it's just not. It's not, and it's all because AMC fucked it up. Yep, they got greedy. Uh, so I think we're here to do like a recap and feedback. Yeah, of the let's episode, do that, right? Uh, so Rick in the introduction doesn't have his shitting pants on. It's tragic because he's shitting his pants. He's he's mm. arrived at the savior complex and there ain't hide nor hair, east, north, south, west, nobody there. Having a name for the pants you use to shit in implies that it happens. That you a bunch. use the pants, right? right? You personally know, right? And understand this concept. So right. Negan must be shitting his pants all the time. Yeah, no. He's got he's got problems. chronic diarrhea and he's developed a really bad coughing problem. So you got to have shitting pants. You do. Uh, that sets off a flashback where Carl, fresh off the uh, shooting over Sadiq's head, is saying that uh, he doesn't like Rick. Saying he hopes the guy makes it. If you care, you got to do something. Rick's like, okay, fine. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, and Rick retorts with, "Do you think it's going to be picking Negan or strawberries with Negan?" And Carl says, "You think we're going to kill them all?" We have to fight for a way forward, Dad. That's how it's got to be. Mm. Title of the episode, name checked. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, what time did Rick arrive at the sanctuary? Because everybody else is going there at night, and he's going there in clear daylight. And then we have a flashback. It's just, again... He's on foot? If this show was a lot better, I guess I would take more effort to struggle through and try to figure all this shit out, but I'm not gonna. No, no. Uh, Rick and the trash people move on the sanctuary. Jadis observed that this is different from the picture and turns tail and runs, which makes <laughs> all of Rick's effort on this plot completely meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, and even stupider than it was while it was happening. I mean... They immediately take off. It's fucking crazy. It's like it's made as like a comic beat, which mm -hmm. I guess you got some yucks in this, ep this, this episode. Uh, fortunately for Rick, Carol and Jerry pull up an SUV... Uh, he piles on, and we get the first of many face montages mm, yeah. of this episode. Uh, I observed that Carl looks kind of pale and sweaty. Yep. Because yep, he is sweating. he's suffering from a zombie bite, y'all. Mm -hmm. uh, Negan, on the other hand, is laughing and whistling and having himself a good old time. And at this point, I got to say I'm engaged because mm -hmm. like, I, like Negan maniacally laughing about the shit he's going to do to Rick and Alexandria, that's exciting. It's terrifying sure. and exciting, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are bo is both of those things. Yeah. So far, 10 for 10 on an adjusted Walking Dead scale for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, then, we then hit uh, Aaron and Enid. Uh, Aaron recalls uh, his, uh, Eric always being there for him riding shotgun. Uh, Enid's wearing the ocean sides, not going to listen to them. Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie, you're going to have a big part of that. Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, Aaron decides to let Enid drive, uh, and Enid decides that they want to arrive not empty-handed, so they make a detour to Roanoke Distillery. I kind of like the little bit of foreshadowing they do here of Enid shooting... What's her name? Grace? No. No, huh? it's uh, Ta Ta Tatania. Grandma... Tatiana? Ta Tatiana. Right, something like that. <laughs> Grandma. I'll call her that. Uh, they they are talking about, oh, we should give them all our guns. And then Enid says, I could give her mine. Yep. No, you're going to need that. You're going to need that to fuck up all our plans. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's a cute... Like I said, I like Enid. I like Aaron. This is kind of a cute scene. Sure. Um, but it's going to turn into bullshit. And Aaron's talking about... Um, 
you know, he, he's just thinking about Eric the whole time. Like, yeah. He doesn't want his death to be in vain, so he's got he's to try and help out in uh, the worst way possible. It's, mm-hmm. it's counter to the plan that they've set up. Nothing's mm-hmm. going right. Nothing's going according to plan now. It's all, it's all kind of fucked up. Yep. Uh, then we go back to Michonne talking to Daryl as he gets back to Alexandria, who opines that it worked. He's very confident. Michonne apologizes for not being there for him. He goes, don't be sorry. It worked. He's just like really emphatic that this, his garbage truck plan works. Mm. Uh, Carl writes a note to his dad. And he's not the only one. There's several people who mention, oh, yeah, our plan worked. We're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, Michonne talks to, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Carl writes a note to his dad. By the way, who writes their Ds like this? I mean, I think he's got the right motions. It's just a weird form he start, D. Who starts at the top of the D and just makes a single, like, like... I feel like that's how they teach you to do it in, in first grade. I start at the circle of the D, go around. Of course and you up, do. That's what everyone does. Yeah. Or maybe it's just. Were you taught Danelian? What the fuck is that? Like the fucked up half cursive, half block letter format that was popular in the 80s elementary schools. Oh, oh. Right. Um, so then it's I like. I think maybe, yeah. So, like the G's are really weird, right? Right. And then, then all you got to do is just connect the letters and you're writing cursive, which is like, why not just. Oh. Teach a cursive. No, maybe I don't know that one. I thought it was a fucked up version of that, but you know. I learned writing in California. They do weird things out there. Oh, yeah. 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 Fucking People's Republic. What are you going to do? Yep. Uh, He also finds an old note from Enid that just survived somehow, which is especially poignant. I can write Martian as well. (laughs) It's especially poignant. I felt like that they should have, we should have gotten a reaction shot from Carl when he saw that, but instead they go wide and they show us his Spartan bedroom where Mm -hmm. we know his, uh, his, his dad and and uh i guess what would you call a stepmom that's not officially married his lover his <laughs> his step side piece yeah uh or step step main squeeze i don't want to insult michonne by implying that rick is stepping outside yeah. the bonds of their whatever. i don't know you see the way jace is looking at him yeah that's true that's true uh but i like the contrast between carl he's just he's just making do with the sleeping bag on the bare floor you know d- dad's riding high in a fucking i don't know Probably Casper bed, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tara and Rosita are both, or Tara's trying to convince Rosita that it quote-unquote worked. Uh, Rosita remarks that they recovered some smoke and stun grenades and air horns from the uh, Savior Cache. Uh, There's a comedy scene, loosely in quotes, of Rosita stacking improbable amounts of shit on Tara for why? Tara sarcastically egging her on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this it's stuff. Not fu- it's it's funny, but it's not funny. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be funny, but it's not funny. Yeah, it's really not funny. Yeah. Uh, so Aaron went big on the gift to Oceanside. He stole a whole fucking truck of Roanoke's finest distilled Hell yeah. liquor products. Uh, then suddenly it's nighttime. I'm sure he's going to give them at least two of those bottles. <laughs> at least everything else. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh he's planning ahead. He knows that he in case this goes to shit, he's gonna try to buy Negan's affection with a truckload of Roanoke's <laughs> whiskey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's nighttime. Aaron gets spooked by sound and goes to investigate. They get sur- separated, circling the truck. Enid her hears Natanya uh, getting the better of Aaron on the other side and turns around and blasts her. Just kills her. Yeah, she's dead, right? I think so. I think so. Unless they're gonna find out that people are immune to bullets next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and won't that be some shit? 
Then here comes Cynthia. Oh, Grandma, Grandma. It's just going to be a shit show. We don't really get back to this, but just just in, in 8B, those of you going along for the ride, this is going to be a shit show. Uh, Carl says that he's helping a traveler when Michonne confronts him about what he's doing, put, throwing produce into the sewer. Uh, <laughs> then Clang Clang Negan's here. He announces yeah. over loudspeaker, you lose, it's over. Work up some apologies because the lamest one's going to get killed. And then we get the face montage driving edition. <laughs> this, so this is where I, I think the episode started to get kind of good for me. Yeah. Um, when Negan shows up at the gate. No, no, That's... I agree. It's it's This is what Jeffrey Dean Morgan was cast for, to make these moments work. Yeah. Uh, and, and then at some point it will fall off again, but... So this this point until shit until after Rick and Negan fight maybe yeah I think it's all good okay uh, were you surprised Daryl flying out of nowhere with his garbage truck to plow in Jerry's car <laughs> to Jerry I was that was very surprising because that's what happens and prove me wrong if you don't think that's what uh-huh. happened just, prove just... me wrong just using evidence from this episode that that Daryl <laughs> just didn't. Like he he's 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 become addicted by to not sticking to the plan, uh-huh. and there's nothing nothing less sticking to the plan than ramming your own team with a garbage truck. So obviously it's the thing to do. Yep. Uh, Ezekiel's still patting on a stage. He's reading a child's note about piecing out and confronting Negan on his behalf, which is just ridiculous. Uh, there's a hilltop convoy to the sanctuary, uh, where Jesus is fretting to. Uh, Maggie about whether the saviors will give up and she goes well they probably won't because would we give up that quick and then cut to the man in the back seat that's a red bearded hilltop hillbilly who says damn straight no way we wouldn't give up you know you know that guy Mm -hmm. he's been the fan favorite for a couple seasons now right it's gonna be really a shame when he dies if something happened to him I don't know how we'd all how we'd all carry on I think it might be a moment we'd all talk about uh, they pull up to a tree blockage, which is a pretty obvious savior trap. Mm-hmm. And oh shit, they are. Uh, and Simon gets out, and they march out Jerry on his knees, and they pull out a pine box coffin. Oh boy, where they do it? And again, I'm being sarcastic because I know how this episode ends, mm-hmm. but I didn't see how they're getting there. They're, they're going to talk their way out of this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why maggie is let go well <laughs> but we, we, we will get there, there yet, um but, yeah. but this scene i thought was mostly effective i no, mean no. yeah I, I don't think maggie and jesus and the convoy reacted quickly enough or very well at all to what was happening but the simon is uh, as usual an awesome villain yes he's very intimidating unpredictable um and, and i think that part of this scene works no, Simon and and Negan are awesome. I do yeah. have a problem with like the fact that the Hilltops convoy is outnumbered three to one vehicles and manpower. Yeah, and I just saw we know that that Rick won a decisive victory against all of the satellite all the satellite outposts as many as unless, they showed us. Unless Dwight just didn't know about a few, which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense because he was one of Negan's top lieutenants, or he would lie to Rick, which also doesn't make sense in light of this episode. And we know and we, we that saw the, the sanctuary last week and how under fucking manned it was. Right, because they can't even hold off the workers should they choose to revolt. And they're out of fucking bullets. Right, they just used them all to kill the walkers. As established 
last episode and as many people laud Eugene for his plan of using all the bullets to kill all the walkers. So just just mm-hmm. fucking keep these facts in mind <laughs> as we go throughout the episode. Uh-huh. Uh, Carl is back instructing all the adults at Alexandria to we're going to do a rear guard action and make it look like we're escaping out the back. You know what we'll be, uh, which is spoiler alert to sewers. Negan's outside take, take, talking a mess about two minutes on TikTok. Um, and then Michonne starts to give Carl shit, and he goes, hey, this is my show. Scott Gimple said it. <laughs> so I bought a college. I bought I bought, a, I bought a house here in this cool college town, and I ain't going nowhere, lady. I ain't going nowhere, so you fucking fall in line. <laughs> and that's exactly what he said, minus the stuff about uh, Scott Gimple. Straight up lying to her, though, because we know that, well, we know at the end of the episode that he must have already been bit here. Right. Because there's no other opportunity for it. Right, right. And it, it's like, this should feel like a passing of the torch moment, but mm-hmm. it feels more like Carl kind of being delusional. Because I don't, other than the brief talk that they had with Michonne where she says, this is your show, kind of the way a person would say to a 14-year-old boy on the frontier, you got to look after your ma now, mm-hmm. you're the man of the house. Like, it's to prop you up not to be taken seriously, man. Right, in a time of crisis. <sighs> Although I have to say, Carl was the only one doing any prep work whatsoever. Right for this, he's the only one with a plan. He's passing so why not out listen? these smoke grenades and and yeah. these flashbangs and stuff, and he's he's got a plan. He's got a plan, and it's kind again, of again we're not privy one. to it, but it's a it's a plan. <laughs> right, knowing like after having watched the episode in the second watch, you you understand he's dying already. Yeah. So when he offers himself up to die, um, I, I think it works pretty effectively if you already know that. If you don't, you're left saying, what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. Like uh, this... It works as a, both a distraction and as sort of like this... Confession is the wrong word, but this like understanding that Carl has of his role in this now. And this is this is the amateur hour writing because they Scott Gimple thinks by keeping Carl's nature of his wound hidden from the audience that it's going to make the reveal more powerful. What he's missing... Yeah is the knowledge of Carl being wounded and doomed, how poignant that is throughout this episode that you completely miss. Yeah. Not being aware that he's wounded. Yeah, it never works as well in retrospect, in my opinion. No. Like, and... And he's done this enough, he should fucking know it by now. If he'd read yeah. an ounce of bad press, he might have might have <laughs> been able to... Well, and of course, the AM execs, AMC execs were working against him. Yeah, and it's it's all in service of this... Shocking moment that everyone will be talking about. That is the only reason to do this, because it doesn't work as effective storytelling. It only works to surprise you at the end, so you'll talk about it with your friends. Right. And it but would, that's not working. You're losing no, your audience. You're Carl bleeding bit, viewers. Carl getting bit would be a shocking moment no matter... Like, honestly, a shocking moment no matter what happened. If this was... Honestly, if this was a better show, this could be an exciting concept. Like, a person that you thought couldn't die isn't going to die, or is going to die now, but, mm-hmm. like... I have no... And what do you want from me as a viewer? Do you yes. want me to be engaged throughout the entirety of this episode yes, with like Carl? Like or would you rather have that singular shocking moment at the end, which makes me go, I guess I'm going to talk about this tomorrow with my friends. As like, this is so fucking stupid. Yes. That right. Seems you're like... confusing me through an hour and 29 minutes of this show. And then yeah. you're you're giving me one minute of shocking reveal. That's stupid. That's backwards. Like, it's all sizzle engage no me steak. for the full hour and a half. How about that? Yeah, it's all sizzle and no steak, man. Yeah, like you can't you can't get by on on the sizzle. Uh, so now we have the third lieutenant, which is they should have started with him because literally every lieutenant is less impressive. Like Negan, oh, fucking awesome. Simon, 
solid. This guy is so comically inferior uh, in terms of menace, in terms of characterization, in terms of charisma, everything. I can't see how he's in charge of anything in Negan's compound. No, this is terrible. This is terrible casting yeah. and, ter- and and a terrible performance. Like there's, but but he's written the way he's acting it. It's not just bad casting. This character is meant to be this flaccid penis of a person. But the thing is, is he's doing all this sarcastic shit that Simon and Negan do too, and they pull it off. Like, uh-huh. like Simon's not really anguishing about what he's doing to, like he's doing that because it makes it more menacing. This guy's taking the same material. Right. And delivering it yeah. inferior. And instead of, instead of covering up the kind of rote nature of what's going on by now, it just shines a spotlight on this guy. Yeah. This guy couldn't intimidate anybody. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but he informs them that the kingdom now belongs to Negan, not Ezekiel. They're going to be taking 100% of what they produce and give them just enough to keep working. They've essentially turned it into a slave labor camp. And also, you'll be repairing the sanctuary. And also, until that's done, we'll be living here. Uh, Simon, we go back to Simon and Maggie, where si- I think Simon at this point says he's just going to take all your guns. And then we f- go to Negan meeting Carl, who comes to the top of the wall and says, Dad's not home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like this, this like Carl volunteering to die for Alexander's punishment and Negan being intrigued by that concept. And if I, and then you eventually understand that Carl's using this as a, as a fake diversion for the real diversion. It's kind of clever. Yeah. He's like waving his fatalism as a flag to distract Negan. (laughs) Right, right, right. Everybody's getting away. Uh, pretty good. Right. Uh, Daryl, meanwhile, escorts a convoy of Alexandria's finest out, except for he doesn't really, this is again, a fake diversion. Uh, Dwight acts to aid in a better escape by insufficiently blocking the rear exit. Uh, which we find out that then that, ne- that Carl's just been fucking with Negan, and Negan has a hilarious moment. Of, I thought we had a moment, you little asshole. Uh, and then he orders his men to open fire with an improbable amount of grenade launchers. Where yeah. the fuck have these grenade launchers been? In the sanctuary is my only guess. Or in some weapons cache outside of the sanctuary. Right. That Dwight didn't know. know about. Yeah. That Rosita didn't, didn't, didn't missed. Like Didn't plunder. Yeah, it's just like they they literally explode all, all of Alexandria with these grenade launchers. Yeah. From from behind the cold rolled steel fence. From behind the cold they, they, they make a mockery aim. of Reg's wall by going over it. <laughs> right, but the 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 more disturbing thing is their aim. They are able I don't know how they're seeing where they're shooting, but man their aim is good for not being able to see a damn thing over that wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carl falls off his perch kind of hilariously. He's stunned, and he starts popping those smoke grenades and running. Yeah, it's kind of funny how many times Carl gets blown up in this episode. <laughs> he really, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, weak chin, rat-faced Negan guy wants the kingdom to give up Ezekiel, and that's not happening. Uh, Simon explains how things are going to be with Maggie. Uh, he points out the music playing in the distance, and he credits Eugene with their being saved. Uh, and he says, it's going to go one of two ways. We're either kill Jerry, put you in this box, take you back to the hilltop, and kill you in front of your people, and lead the walker herd to the hilltop. Okay. Option one sounds pretty good. Number two? Or you go home, water your sorghum, take care of business. We'll kill one random person, which, by the way, it's a redheaded hillbilly guy. Uh-huh. R.I.P. one guy from the the scene we saw earlier tonight. Uh-huh. Like, come Come on, man. Like, they really developed his backstory in this Would it have killed? Because, like, I feel like... I would have least recognized the blacksmith of the hilltop. Sure. 
And if I knew that I, this was going to happen, I could have given him a couple lines with like maybe Enid and Carl, and he's taken like so so he's a likable character. Doesn't have to be a lot. It mm-hmm. could be pretty thin. So you're like, oh shit, they just killed the fucking Hilltop's blacksmith. That's something. Literally having someone go yeehaw in the back seat and blow her brains out. What the fuck? Yeah, and this is. This doesn't make a lot of sense because killing a random schmo that nobody knows yeah. and is not the leader no. um, doesn't quash the rebellion. It makes people angrier, and it leaves the rebellion leaders intact. What is the possible reason for Simon letting Maggie off the hook? Why? I don't I don't understand it, especially when Negan has been yelling the king, the widow, and Rick like, the whole time. I thought that they were going to drag Maggie off to serve as a fucking concubine to Negan, and that was horrible, but like... Just letting her go scot free mm-hmm. makes no fucking sense. Like I don't. I, I honestly. I don't. mean, it's something tied up with the the food production. They think that she's going to work. She's for a them. fucking farmer. Well, I, I don't know that. Like it's because she drove that a tractor to with a torn uterus. They think she's got expert sorghum growing. T- yeah. No. It's, for sure. No. I no. I think they need the hilltop at this point for yeah food production. I and get I, it, but they don't need Maggie. Right. They don't. In they fact, don't. killing In fact, yeah. Maggie as that. That's the thing. Like. Negan's basic technique, if you're stronger than your opposition and you can capture them and take all their their leaders and publicly execute them and you do that enough times, you will probably cry. But I don't even know that's true. Like, I watched a Vietnam War documentary that Ken Burns made a couple months ago recently, and that's Mm -hmm. essentially what the United States tried with various Vietnam leaders over and over again. It just emboldened the people. Yeah, it seems like the only way to stop a rebellion is to literally kill every rebel. Yes. That is an effective way to quell it. Because every time you kill another rebel, the remaining rebels get angrier and more determined to stop you. And more people in the middle and even on your side look at a gas to how terrible things are and Mm -hmm. yeah, no. So you've either got to kill every last one of them or or enough of them to where any rebellion they'd put on is laughable or you have to come to an agreement of some sort. Right. And that's clearly not going to happen And the here. fact that they wouldn't go to the hilltop, like, to find out that there's 38 people they got prisoner, I mean, that's a better strategy, honestly. Kill Maggie and put, you know, two dozen of your dudes with guns in a central place. Like, you know, just treat it like, yeah. treat all these places like work camps. What's this, like, visiting once a week and give us your tribute bullshit? It was a terrible plan. Yeah. And Negan is just going to double down on it, apparently. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Eugene's having trouble sleeping, Jim. Do we feel sorry for him? Uh, no. Oh, uh, you don't feel bad for him as one point five ounces of wine? <laughs> no, uh, I his, don't. His faces are his his tortured faces are hilarious. I swear to God, he looks just like Zordon from Power Rangers, having crippling constipation. <laughs> like if you put a a gray smoky filter on that that close up of his face, it just looks like you know mm-hmm. Zordon having second thoughts of summoning teenagers with attitudes. Like, oh God, <laughs> what was I thinking? All my life, I'm this all-powerful space wizard. My best plan is to empower five <laughs> fucking teenagers from Earth. What the fuck? Give them giant robots? Yeah. Yeah. At least, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Carl, having a grand old time, running around Alexandria, dodging saviors and whatnot. Throwing smoke. He swings between, like, smiling and laughing semi-psychotically and trying not to collapse and dodging buildings which are inexplicably exploding. Uh, like, did Negan rig these buildings to blow at some point? Because I think, grenade, I think it's implied that grenades are flying in through the windows or something. I get grenades, but these, this is like a this is like house with a natural gas left on for twenty four yeah. hours type of explosion, right? 
that I don't think Carl would survive from the like he goes from doorstop to building being blown up with like a two block radius and then mm. you know all he does is have to look for his hat. Uh, Rosita forgives Daryl and Tara for their off plan treachery, which forgive me for calling bullshit on uh, infamous shitster letting other shitsters off the hook. Like, does Rosita, the one who just recently stirred to shit and got someone killed that shouldn't got killed, get to excuse? Like, is she the one that gets to met justice out? I mean, she's maybe the only person who's learned a lesson in this camp. <laughs> but no, not really. And her excuse of, look, well, maybe you just need to play this stuff out to figure things out. Like, Daryl had to work out his anger with Dwight by fucking up the plan and getting all these people killed. Mm-hmm. I That, that, that is, seems to be excusing his actions a little bit too much. It, re- it really does. It really does. Uh, and also, why is Tara bracing her buttstock with her goddamn deer? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> that's I, I get str- it. That's her, she's been working on that ear for a long time. It's really built up. She's the she's the illegitimate daughter of Shane. She's got uh-huh. these mighty lobes that are stronger than any shoulder. Like yep. the gunplay has been a shit show in this show for a long t- long time. But they're not even like. Is there anyone set to be like? Uh, can can you just can can, can you can you see how that like feels good against your shoulder? Right. How's like fucking solid? It puts the line of fire like all that <laughs> momentum about that big beefy shoulder of yours, and and you see how it's up against your ear, and that's like super uncomfortable, and probably fucking tear it off if you pulled the trigger. Like. I- it's amazing to me because that is like center frame in this shot. Too. Yes. If you're the director and you're looking at that, what are you thinking? Cut, you're, you're prob- print, next shot. You're probably thinking, oh shit, we've got one take and she's fucking it up. I I guess there's nothing we can do. Move on. You know what? It's dark and the set is filled with smoke. No one will even notice. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. That's probably what they thought. Uh, Daryl throws a smoke grenade in the middle of the road, which is an obvious trap. Mm-hmm. Dwight rumble rumbles up to it as barcode lady saying, this is an obvious trap. Stop. Stop. We shouldn't go up here. Yeah. And Dwight obviously wouldn't listen. He's trying to get them all killed. Right. Which my point is, like, why? I'm So was this planned out with Dwight? I mean. This is part of the plan? It can't be part of the plan. It can't. I don't think it can be part of the plan because the audibles have already been called and everybody yeah. is scrambling. Yeah. Um, this to me was like trusting that the. It's problematic because Dwight doesn't know who's out there, right? Exactly. He, and Daryl doesn't know who's in there. Sure, yeah. So he can't call it off like what's-her-face barcode lady asked him to do. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know how you have faith this just going to go your way. There was also a bunch of dudes that, that, chan- that, that Carl was saying to do all this stuff. There was like eight people aside from Michonne and Rosita and Tara and Daryl. Where the hell were they? Because it looked mm. like it was just the four principals there to blockade, and they like ran up against sixteen yeah. dudes and would have gotten their asses torn up had Dwight not, you know, played the traitor to the hilt and just gunned down all of his own men, except yeah. for Barcode Lady, who makes it off to make sure that Negan knows that Dwight's a rat fink. And it's extra funny because you can see the saviors firing back, and Rosita's like full on standing, yeah, just standing straight ass up yeah. in the in the middle of a clearing. Next to the road, no cover whatsoever. Right. Just fire in her gun. Right. <sighs> At least Daryl's like ducked down. So Negan rolls into Alexander with a full army of dudes, which I know I said where they get the dudes before, but what really incenses me is they could have fixed a lot of this by having Negan give an inspirational speech to the workers of this the saviors. Like, look at these people. Look at what they've done to our this is what I've been telling you the whole time about these people. Now, 
who's going to mount up and join because we need all the manpower we get and like essentially deputize everyone, something that like a Rick would do. Mm-hmm. But instead, he just rolls up with like 50 well-armed dudes that look like they came straight out of central biker gang casting. Mm-hmm. They all got fucking guns and bullets, even though they used all their fucking guns and bullets last episode. Did... Is that why? Is that why Eugene's having trouble sleeping? He made like a million bullets in three hours, and it just <laughs> a strain, the psychic maybe. strain. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a case of you you can't keep them down on the farm once you give them guns. Like, maybe how are you gonna how are you gonna tell the workers you got to go back to being workers? Uh, Negan admires the solar panels that they just destroyed. He orders the place search for Carl, and he's gonna go chill out at Rick's house and make spaghetti and wait for him to take. Uh, that's come back but carl has taken to the sewers mm-hmm. uh eugene visits dr what's his face 2.0 and gabriel and he sprays him in the face with a water bottle <laughs> like he just <laughs> like missed a cat yeah it's a, just like a cat bad cat <laughs> <laughs> he says hey i'm gonna give you the info you need to escape uh that he compromised the guard's coffee and he is catastrophically crapping his khakis right now direct quote from the episode uh, Gabriel says it's not too late. Come with us. And Eugene says, yeah, it's it's too late. Eugene looking even more ridiculous than Eugene normally looks with his headlamp on. Yeah. He's got like a, a full on Mugatu going with his hair. Yep. It is just glorious in how bad it is. Uh, I will he's admit that the mullet. episode got me a little bit on he's, that. He's got he's got bed mullet. Bed mullet. Yeah, yeah. He's been trying to. He's been trying to. to get probably one greasy mullet at this point. <laughs> no, it's because he he washes that thing with with the finest conditioner every freaking day. It's the only mm. explanation for how glorious it usually looks. Um, Ezekiel makes a big explosion happen by rolling out a bunch of gasoline barrels and setting them on fire. People, the the do not watch the show. I'm not shitting you, but I promise you, this is what actually happens. They start playing badly renaissance fair music they do absolutely as king ezekiel traipses through with a chain that wrapped around his fist that he does nothing with i thought he's going to do some like fucking fist in the north star shit with that he he does he, does he actually something strikes with it. like a a, a a tiger ninja pose for five <laughs> seconds as a savior slowly lines up on him and then weak chin rat face fuck mcgee comes and slaps it down and goes no you fool it's the king we got to take him alive uh yeah, so the chains are there to lock the gate on on the saviors. Right. I understand which he does, that, but he still should have been able to punch somebody with it if he's going to have him wrapped yeah. around his yeah. hand and 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 arm like that. Just all a cool Superman life. punch. What would have been f- awesome? What the hell was Barry McCreary thinking? <laughs> we have a king. He's probably just having fun at this point. We like, have a king that's I'm... leading a popular revolt. Let's 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 dust off some shitty old high school play Camelot. I mean, I'm it's... telling you. <laughs> oh yeah, I noticed it. It is Renaissance. It's bad Renaissance fair uh-huh. music. You've got. It's like it's it's almost worth fast forwarding to get to this scene just just to see how fucking bad it is. That's Ezekiel's new theme. New theme song. We're gonna hear that every time he's <laughs> on hope, screen from here out. I hope it's his hero music. <laughs> Um, the kingdom people somehow managed to buffalo the saviors and take some of their guns and run to the rear gates. Um, most of the people escape and Ezekiel chains the gate shut behind them and implores Carl to save his people, Carol rather, mm-hmm. to save his people as she saved him before he gets smashed in the face. Yep. So, yep. Why couldn't he run through the gates and chain it from the other side? Mm, there was too much cardboard on the fence. <laughs> 
I don't know. He might have just wanted to die. That's yeah, kind of I feel like he did. He consistent wanted consistent with um, his arc. He he was trying to one up Carl. I guess you say you're going to die, but I'm actually going to die. Yeah. Uh, so Maggie gets back to Hilltop. She selects a savior seemingly at random from the prison and kills him. She picks the wrong one, by the way. Yeah. No. Why couldn't she kill Ratface Jesus? Yeah. She absolutely should have. He deserves it. A. Yeah. She she but had to butt him in the face twice with a gun. Yep. <laughs> Get rid of him. Yep. Butt him in the head with a bullet and mm-hmm. see what the happens then. Um. And she goes, "We're not even, but that's a start." And she explains that we have to prepare this place because we're the only ones that are free, and we're gonna have to take in refugees, presumably. But then, why kill a savior? Mm-hmm. Why? Why fucking the defiance? Like if you're the yeah, last, you lay low. you're the last one standing, and you're gonna you're gonna house this popular rebellion. Why the fuck would you essentially say, "Fuck you, Negan, come get us"? I mean, I don't. It I makes don't know no what the sense. other option is to surrender all of your prisoners. I suppose. Um, in you favor of laying low. I mean, but how? That's a lot of people because because Negan's gonna understand. Like, what the fuck? Why you got you like got forty dudes worth of food missing. <laughs> right, you right, know? feeding them all, and yeah. the, not, not, not to mention all of the survivors and yeah. you know refugees from the other camps. Like, I just, just none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. So, I do think they made the right call putting Maggie in charge of the hilltop because she's one of the only actors. <laughs> like, is it is it just me, or obviously this cannot happen because Carl's going to die. Mm-hmm. Or is already dead in my mind. No, it's a radioactive zombie bite. It's going to give him spider powers. <laughs> right. What would a zombie hybrid, human hybrid? Spider Carl. Spider Carl. Zombie Carl. <laughs> zombie Carl. <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's got the proportionate speed and strength of an eighteen year old skinny ass zombie. <laughs> right. His head turns to jello. Uh, yeah. Uh, I... So so Maggie. I feel like she's she's the better actor of the two. I will say of Carl or Maggie. Okay. Um and I don't know that I would have really liked to see Carl carrying the hilltop, which I've heard, I, I think I've heard is a comic thing. I'm not going to discuss spoilers on this. I don't, I don't want to ruin the show for people. Well, you can't Jim. ruin the show. There's, he's he's dead. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, this is it's the ultimate. Like, the, the show and the comics are no longer, like, this is a show inspired by The Walking Dead. Right. It's no longer a show. It's no longer an adaptation at all. Like, yeah. they couldn't make it more clear. When the sh- when the creator of the comics, it'd be like if 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 in the season of Game of Thrones they kill off John and Danny, mm. like it's so different at that point. That- yeah, yeah. Mm. Like you're the ending's not going to be the same. The individual stories, like they then they, they've done minor remixes here and there. But when the creator of the show says that the show, when the creator of the comic book says the comic book is about Carl and you kill Carl mm. midway through the arc, right? Then you've pretty much said that. I uh, yeah, thank you very much for your services, Mister Kirkman. I will take it from here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dwight, after all the f- shots on the roadside ambush are over, pleads for his life. He says, "Look, man, I can't go back because Barcode got away and is going to out me." I want you to win. I want Negan to die. We can settle our scores up later. Daryl's going to settle the matter of who gets to wear his fucking angel wing vest right the fuck now. <laughs> he sure is. As he rips it off of 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 uh, Dwight. Yeah, that was so, great. So, that, again, on a better show, that'd be an awesome moment. Yeah, I, there are still some very confusing things to me about the, the scene where Dwight gets shot. 
Uh, like, tell. why doesn't she kill him? She, instead of killing him, right. in favor of killing him, because she already knows that he's betrayed them. Right. She, she decides, I'm going to stand here and explain to you that I know that you betrayed us. And after that I'm I've shot run you in the arm. Right, I shot you in the arm. And then she runs off out of cover toward the people with machine guns who were actively trying to kill her. And makes it, makes it, off, makes it off. Yeah. So what the hell? <laughs> uh, back at the hilltop, Maggie writes on the pine box coffin. Uh, we've got 38 more. Stand down and instructs her men to leave him where it'll or the saviors will find it. Again, we talked about how I think this is stupid. Yeah, it's and incredibly it is, stupid. it stands in contrast with what her stated goal for the hilltop is. And you're also trying to to appeal to someone's mercy who clearly has none. Yeah. He's willing to not just let people die, but personally kill them if it serves his goals. Yeah, you think he gives a shit about 38? No, he in Did... fact does not. No. No. It's just, it's just a miscalculation, and... I mean, it's not it's not just a miscalculation. It's that in addition to just kind of It'd stupid. be a miscalculation if she had never heard of Negan before and they just met and cu- captured a bunch of his dudes. She's yeah. watched him beat her husband's brains out with a baseball bat. Yeah. She needs to do more than just that's shoot someone in the miscalculation, head. Miscalculation, that's, that's not a miscalculation. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's just, just this wrong-headed behavior. Uh, shitty rat face, weak chin, savior lieutenant berates Ezekiel for making him do all this. And hey, it's Morgan, cliffhanger. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's it because we don't, we don't, we don't ever Morgan come again, back yeah. here. Uh, Mor- Morgan's going to be leaving pretty soon. He, they say, but he's got to stick yeah. around Stick around for the, the resolve this anyway. Nah, he's just gone. Daryl's team makes it back to Alexandria, and him and Rosita and Tara and Dwight get into the sewers. They're trying to sneak back in to Alexandria through the sewers? I think they're just going to live in Alexandria as kind of a version of the season two plot of Bran and and Rickon hiding in the cellars of Winterfell. Okay, so so their plan is to live in the sewers. Yes. They're like, Alexandria's done. The sewers are the best option and Negan will that never, we have in the entire no, country. No one will ever think to look down here. Right. They've got uh, they've got the literal the, the full continent we have a baby, of North America. We have to a live baby in. who will cry for no fucking reason at all because <laughs> it's a baby, uh-huh. but we'll be safe under the streets of Alexandria. That's hmm. the plan. That's the plan. Okay. Uh but you know what? Michonne says fuck this because she's seeing red from having a home raised in front of her. Uh, Rick sneaks back into his house and calls for Carl or uh, Judith. Guess what? Negan's here. Negan hits him with Lucille a few times. Mm-hmm. Lucille, I remind you, is wrapped with bob wire and has beat many a person and zombie to death. Yep. Uh, Negan threatens to cut him into little pieces, and when all that's left is some screwed-up, freaky-looking stump with a head, he's going to kill him in front of his people. Uh, they fight. Rick gets Lucille for a minute, which is enrages Negan, who then throws him through the window with a fully loaded gun. Rick inexplicably doesn't take this moment to put Negan out of his misery, but instead just runs. Yeah. Uh, finds Michonne, Michonne after she maximally overkills some savior dude. They go into sewer together where all of Alexandria are. We are treated to the final face montage of the season <laughs> uh-huh. that lasts for five fucking minutes, everyone gets a face montage. Eugene, mm-hmm. you get a face montage. Gabriel, your sick dying ass gets a face montage. Everyone gets a face montage. Rick then meets up with Carl, who reveals he's been bitten by showing off his belly button. I'm, yeah. bit, I'm bitten it right here in the, in the exact middle of my body, Dad. No way you can amputate or cure this. Mm-hmm. 
I'm dying, and yeah. that's where we leave things. Yeah. Um, wow, you kind of just whizzed right through that last section. Uh, th- there's a, a moment in the fight with Negan and Rick where Rick gets the upper hand on him. Yes. And takes Lucille. Mm-hmm. He does so with the crushing force of a thousand tons of Thor's hammer dropping on Negan. Yeah. And I don't know how Negan survives that shot that floors him. Yeah, he's got... Because he is laid flat out. It looks like he just passes out right then and there. Yeah, he's got like a... Uh, Rick's got like this round-looking metallic trophy yeah. that he just grab like a, like a softball-sized hunk of metal. And he, he just... just destroys him with it. Yeah, yeah. And then hits him with the, in the face with the bat, too. Yeah. Like. I don't know how Negan gets back up after that, and I more importantly, I don't know what the fuck he says when he's trying to get back up. It sounds he like says, he, he said, "Don't touch her." Oh, okay. Yeah. It's impossible to understand. I, I, I had I had to close caption, but he says, wow. "Don't you touch her," <laughs> and then he goes in berserker mode and throws Rick out the window. But wow. again, Rick at this time has a fully loaded, yeah, three fifty seven Magnum. He's he more than capable of blowing a tomato soup can hole through Negan's chest. Mm-hmm. And Negan, I don't think, is armed other than Lucille. Maybe he's got a pistol in his But if you're Rick, don't you take the shot? Sure, yeah. Like, this is the worst-case scenario happening right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I no. mean, this this is just... this this All the chickens came home to roost in this episode. They fucking kill off Carl, apparently. They've they we we have tried to follow this action not knowing anyone's plan. Uh, the one plan that Rick has it fails just utterly and completely. And Negan, instead of it being a strategic thing like a strategic resource that he burnt, and now he's going to have to like, I just don't. I what were they thinking having this many saviors roll up to all three of the complexes, all armed to the teeth and with bullets? Maybe they didn't I, have bullets. Maybe they just have grenades. Yeah, maybe. We know that some of them had bullets. The yeah, fucking Dwight's crew had and, shit tons of bullets. Yeah. So. They a, a hail of bullets. I mean, I don't understand. It's like if a show establishes that we're running low on food, we don't have enough food, and the next episode ends up with them all eating a buffet. Like, this <laughs> right. is the level of just, you told us this is an important thing to know. You told us many times. And then you kept yeah. bringing it up this episode, and yet you have all the men and bullets you need. I feel like as far as the people go, they are – the writers have in their heads an idea of the size of the saviors that is much, much, much larger than anything they've ever shown. And yeah. and as a viewer, that leaves me very confused because I see them taking outposts. And I think the writers say – they'll think that these outposts are – but one of many, many, many outposts that he right. has, hundreds right. of outposts, and they've destroyed five. It's a drop in the bucket. The viewers will know that, but they never explain that to right. us. Right? Do you remember? I don't know if you were with us, but one day, like when the very first Battlefield 1942 came out, we were playing the scenario um, at a land party <laughs> where we were the Allies storming Omaha Beach, and like it was, I think it was eight of us, and this thing held sixty-four people, so we had eight humans versus. Minus 64 Nazi robots. Okay. And you'd kill them, and they'd respawn at the top of the hill. Like, as we pushed up the hill, there's, like, this narrow kind of, like, I don't know, alley that connects the top part of the map to the bottom part of the map. And we had just killed all the Nazis. We're running down this alley. 
and they all respawned at the same time, and we were treated to like a waterfall of 52 Nazi robots and tanks just swarming. God. I feel like that's what Negan's got. He's just like, I haven't used up all my tickets yet. Yeah. Here's another 64 dudes. Bam. There's a couple Panzers, too. What are you going to do about it, Rick? Yeah. I got infinite resources. I It's just so stupid. Like, why? Like, why try to think about anything? Because the mm. next episode will be different. Just turn your brain off and enjoy the Nazis and the prop comedy with Tara and Rosita and go fuck yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I do like what the uh, savior, the Michonne kills, says his last words. <laughs> what was like, it? They're, they're all dead and it's all your fault. Uh, <laughs> that's some pretty good haunting shit right there. And it works. Yeah. Yeah, because Michonne just goes full rager on him. It didn't work for that guy. That guy got no, ginsued. but legacy, baby, legacy. Like yeah. she's gonna remember that will haunt her. <laughs> yeah, if she wasn't haunted by that CGI deer last season, I don't think anything will. <laughs> anything and will haunt also, her. if you thought that the like, I don't know, the farm or the prison were shitholes, well, now literally they're living in a shithole. Yeah, yeah. It's bad news for yeah. for the group. Yeah, I. I yeah, that's the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we had a decent amount of feedback. Yeah, we had a lot this of. This seems feedback. like even like I could not find any place on the internet where this episode was being hailed. In fact, all of the top threads on there's one sticky thread on r slash The Walking Dead calling for Gimple's head. There is a mm-hmm. Scott Gimple mega thread that the, all the mods are desperately trying to contain. That yeah. has like 3,500 people in it raging. This like this I, is the biggest shitstorm I've ever seen. I don't – okay. On one hand, I understand the anger targeted specifically at Gimple. Right. I do. I get it. Right. But you have to know that this is not simply a Gimple problem. No. This is everyone at AMC. No. AMC is running the show into the ground by not paying its actors, by yes. not paying its writers, not paying its directors, giving nobody the time or resources or money they need to get this show done right. Right. They do not care – It's. Firing Gimple is not going to fix this show because no. anybody they bring in, they're going to pay $8 an hour, less than minimum wage, right. and they're going to ask them to do the impossible with a show that is already in the shitter. Right. And so what do you want? I mean, firing Gimple, in my opinion, fixes nothing. Firing, taking everyone off of Walking Dead and replacing them entirely, and maybe even at this point, rebooting the entire fucking show. Yeah. Like, let's say, give it a time jump, nothing. Like, like. Disney did with Star Wars when they bought it. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the EU, nothing in the main storyline here is going to be canon anymore. We're starting fresh. But you do... Because they've done so much damage with these characters that I'm no longer invested in anybody. I haven't been for seasons. Like, I would like... To me, uh, the only thing that would make me feel hopeful is firing Gimple, firing the director of or vice president of programming at AMC, mm-hmm. um, and a statement from AMC saying that we are going to we've, we've we've recognized that the way we've done done storytelling the show is not working and we are now going to like but that I just don't think that's ever going to happen I think no, they're just they'd going have to cancel to... these shows and move yeah. on eventually I, I mean that's to, to, to what I don't know because it's not like AMC right? is bristling with hits right now that's my point like anything AMC they got better call Saul not... for another season or two mm-hmm. and then. That's literally the only thing I'm 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 watching besides The Walking Dead right now. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I I just don't like Gimple is part of the problem. He's not. He's the a, he's a willing. Problem. What he's proved to me this season is he is a willing stooge for sure. He's not yeah. just willing to be their henchman and do it in the most callous and in 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 an in, inhuman way possible. I mean, 
on a scale of entertainment, right? Like, you know, this isn't fucking Pol Pot, Mm -hmm. but it is a despicable move for a manager, for someone who has been... How long has he... Like, like, he probably met Chandler... Like, he was the one that wrote... Didn't he write the episode where uh, Chandler... Like, like Carl killed Lori? So, like... Um. He's been a, he's been a friend and confidant and an employer of this kid since he's 12 years old and he he, yeah. th- he throws him out on his ass like this. I know he certainly wrote the one so, where so, Carl and Michonne find that crib. Yeah, he's Judith. not a problem, but he doesn't have any intent like unlike Mazera and and uh, you know, Darabon, he yeah. has zero integrity. He's that, a, that's the thing. He's seen what happened to those guys and yeah. If he wants to keep his job, he has no choice. But why? The is only he, choice he has is to get fired. He's or got not. to be fucking rich, right? Sure. Like five seasons well, of The Walking Dead. I don't know. I mean, would you call if Andrew Lincoln had done five seasons of The Walking Dead and at ninety thousand an episode? Ma- yeah. Would you call him rich, like yeah. by Hollywood standards? I don't. I don't know. I mean, that to me, that's like you're either you either got a couple million. You're either net worth is a couple million or you're not. Like, I mean, if your net worth is a couple million, you qualify as rich for me. Well, it depends. I mean, MC Hammer was fucking rich. Uh, Nicholas Cage was fucking rich, but well, yeah, maybe your maybe lifestyle got, becomes incongruous with maybe the money Gimple you're making. Is and simultaneously you're keeping a Hollywood mansion, a giant entourage, has a gambling problem, and mass. I don't I mean, I, <laughs> right. he's got every single problem. He's 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 involved in illegal sports betting. Like, I mean, just living above your means can mean, right? Even if you're making massive he amounts of money, in you're Dodge, not rich. D- Doge coins rather than Bitcoin. Like, I, he's just made every mis- financial mistake you can in the last five years. Yeah, and he's just desperate for cash. I mean, there's a big difference between being wealthy and having a lot of money. That's true. So that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Just I say, cool it on Scott Gimple. Maybe point the gun at everyone. <laughs> Yeah, you know? no. Like, like I, I don't want to make the same mistake Negan does. Like, every, all heads have to roll. Yeah, and there has yeah. to be a re- like a real regime change in the programming department and the AMC studios for me to have any hope that this is going to be. And you know what? Like, you know, I know we're not announcing what we're going to do because like no one wants to make a hasty reaction. We haven't seen the programming next year. But I, as far I, as the podcast, I, yeah. I do think that I'm done doing full kind of. I don't even want to say that, but like right I don't now, think my we head say is anything. like, "This is a conversation okay. we will have yeah. in January when yeah. we talk about 2018 content." But I'm just so pissed. I, I feel and yeah. I feel like I've wasted. Like I've, pe- I've, I've, we, we have slowly pared down the time, the time we spend on this show mm-hmm. to essentially the bare minimum, and I still feel like I wasted so much time. Yeah, that could have been more productively spent on other shows and other endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um, Walk Dead's ratings down. Our ratings are down. Um. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Maybe we should get the feedback. Yeah. Let's do it. As we said at the top of the podcast, today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. They've been a longtime sponsor of ours. Uh, I've been using them for a couple of years now. I think Aaron has just tried them, and we'll get to that. But uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what they are, in case you don't know. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your step by step recipes to you in pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook it you can eat it and you can enjoy um it's a very convenient thing not only for you know the step-by-step recipes and the pre-portioned ingredients but you're also able to schedule when you which day of the week you want your food delivered so we have ours for instance delivered on saturday which works really well for us because then we're able to cook over the weekend um whereas we're busy during the weeknights usually or tired from work um that makes it super convenient uh you can if let's say you're going to be out of town for a while, you can go into their 
their website and pause um, your account for a week or two at a time, uh, which makes it really easy. There's also a really good selection on there and flexibility. So they, they don't just like send you three pre-planned recipes. You can actually choose from a, a slate of like seven or eight recipes, which one you want that week, which three you want that week. Um, so, you know, if you're a vegetarian, they have options for you there. If you want some meat dishes, you can do that. Uh, and they have different plans to choose from as well, which encompass all those things, including a family plan, uh, which includes more meals for your entire family. Um, they have some notable recipes. One that I actually really, really like is their Juicy Lucy Burger. Um, it has tomato, onion, jam, and arugula salad. And it's something that I didn't know would be quite as delicious as it was. Because um, I don't think I've had a Juicy Lucy before this. They're, they're the burgers with cheese inside. Oh. Um, and it, it yeah, watch out because Juicy it, Lucy, like it's something I should know about. And I'm like, I don't know what circles you travel around, but I think there are a couple different names for that depending <laughs> on where you go. But yeah, the Juicy Lucy is a kind of an inside out cheeseburger, uh, really good. And that tomato onion jam is awesome. Now you just tried them, didn't you? Yeah. So like I've I've bummed HelloFresh off of other people. Like uh, when you or one of my friends had to leave town and they gave me a couple, but I never gotten of like package in the mail, and uh-huh. I. Was so I already knew about the quality, but I was like surprised at how thoughtful and cute the packaging was. Like mm-hmm. it comes in like a little paper grocery bag with your stuff, and you know everything's like like you said pre pre portioned down to like even eggs and sour cream, and like if yeah. you need any kind of cr- weird I don't know Worcestershire sauce or something or that comes to that recipe, or, spice yeah. it all it's it's all it's all ready to go and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got like a, a cool Hello Fresh apron that I've been that I've been yeah. using as I tool around I the got kitchen. One of those. <laughs> um, and it was just like it just made it it made it fun and cute, and it tells you how long it's going to take, so it's very easy to plan the stuff out. We had uh, a pork fajita uh, mm. uh, bar, they called it. Like, okay. like you know, you could just kind of assemble that. And we also had like uh, these like meatloaf patties with uh, mashed potatoes. Hmm. Um, and it was uh, it was all delicious, and it was, it was super easy because you know if you have very modest kitchen equipment, uh, yeah. you're essentially ready to go. Um, a lot of one pot kind of recipes mm-hmm. um, involved in that, which makes it super simple. And the recipes, I know meatloaf sounds like a really involved thing, but all of their recipes are meant to be cooked in about thirty minutes. Yep. So it's really simple for people who are not familiar with cooking. All and it's also very like the language they use to describe stuff is very like informal and 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 basic like they 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 lead you on to pre- meal prep and everything kind of goes from you know if, if there's steps that involve you doing two things at once it's all very clear and understandable and again they mm-hmm. give you exactly how long it's going to take so um i i i, I enjoyed the the presentation and experience a lot yeah so if that sounds like something that interests you um hellofresh is giving 30 dollars off your first week of orders when you visit HelloFresh.com and use our promo code TWD30. That's TWD30. I suggest checking it out if you've never tried a meal kit delivery service because it is a lot simpler and a a big time saver compared to going to the store and shopping for yourself. Um, And I think if if you're not already familiar with cooking or even if you are, you'll find it both fun and easy. Watching Dead at BaldMove.com. Again, we will have a... Mid-season wrap-up coming out later. Uh, so if you want to send feedback, this is not your final final attempt. This is not your final final venue of getting your feedback, is all I'm saying. Yeah, we'll consider feedback in the, the wrap-up cast as well. Um, so we start off with Hunter, who kind of wanted to talk about um, 
I guess what is required to reload ammo because we talked about like oh can they build can they make enough ammo quickly enough uh-huh. what if Eugene just refuses to do it right um, he apparently has some firsthand knowledge about it and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a much more detailed email about it uh-huh. um, he says we know that they have plenty of casings so that's not going to be a problem they have they've spent many many bullets over the course of this battle uh, the bullets he's making that Eugene would make would be a little bit worse than the bullets that Rick has so uh-huh. like you know, not not made of the same materials and stuff like that. Uh, powder could be found or potentially made using stuff like charcoal, sulfur, and potassium nitrate, which he would probably buy that Eugene could manufacture. Although, yeah, I've seen I've I've seen the the Gorn episode of Star Trek. I know how to make. Right, I, right. I know. You just you, you got to find some bamboo uh-huh. and some 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 saltpeter, mm-hmm. and you got to have Spock narrating the whole thing. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you take that that overgrown sleet stack right out. He says that the the gunpowder they would make wouldn't be quite as effective as of course. Like you know, the gunpowder propellant they got now. Rick yeah, yeah. would be using. Um also he says that the primers would be the most difficult component, which I think That's, is what you said. Right. Like I don't like if someone gave me primers and casing and gunpowder and lead, like it does it could be like fucking lead bullion or whatever the hell you call it. Like I think I can make a bullet after a couple of tries yeah. with the equipment, but pri- like what? Like some itty bitty thing that gets hit <laughs> right. and it makes a charge go off. Like yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, he says those are hard to find even today. So. To me, like I feel like what I like, like years down the line, I think what happened is you just go muzzle loader. Like mm. people killed people with, with muzzle loaded rifles for centuries before yeah. someone invo- invented the modern cartridge. So true, but it'd be pretty ineffective against Rick and company with modern assault rifles. But they'll eventually. That's what I'm saying. Like everyone will run out of bullets eventually. Now sure. in America. Yeah. Like I think in in, in over in it'll the U- take longer over in the UK and their zombie thing they ran out of bullets like in the first week yeah and it's, been, it's all been Billy <laughs> in clubs those first twenty eight days it's all been Billy clubs and bangers and mash uh, since uh-huh. but but in America it'll take a couple they've been of- going to the Winchester looking for <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one shot rifles yeah looking for the last six sad six <laughs> shots that gun had yep but uh. Uh, so yeah. he thinks that they could manufacture a lot of bullets if they were somehow able to find the the components, um, like the primers, for instance. Uh-huh. Uh, and they could do so relatively quickly. As he says in a modern, like, kind of manual bullet press or whatever, it takes like one to two seconds to make a round. Mm-hmm. So you get people working around the clock with the team, and you could do a lot of rounds a day. Hmm. How many rounds an hour? How many... I mean, if it's one to two seconds per round, yeah. you got to say 60 rounds a minute, so yeah. 360 an hour. Okay. So you could... It's not bad. A few magazines an hour. You could maybe equip... 10, I mean, 12. I don't I don't know where they got the manpower. So he's saying the bullets, but also wasn't... Like, they didn't have that bullet maker right at out, uh, right at the Saber Complex either. It was no, out No, some people are speculating that maybe the helicopter was going to retrieve it. Negan's had a I, helicopter this whole fucking time? Maybe. I don't know. That's just what... Some people were saying, hey, maybe that could be the purpose of that. Okay. Because we that, saw a helicopter, helicopter, we don't know whose it is. That's true, but if it's affiliated with Negan... You'd think you'd use it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To maybe, I don't know, airlift them out of the sanctuary. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> like, he should be saying, no sweat, we've got that helicopter, right, guys. Right, right, right. It'll take a while, but we can get everybody out. You know, because there's and only, like... it wouldn't even take that long. It's a big, like, Chinook or something. It's like this it? huge transport helicopter, right? like a right? bell, like, maybe you get six people in there with a, with maybe. With a pilot. Maybe. I forget what it looked like. I thought, I thought it was like a, a t- double rotor. Like Is it double rotor? I thought I remembered seeing I don't that. Know. But I, if it's... I thought it was just like you know your standard civilian helicopter kind, okay. of, kind of thing. That makes sense. All right, we go to Sam from New York. Says he really enjoys the show, and he's talking about our podcast, not 
the show show. Uh, after you guys talked about rumors on season three, Fear of the Walking Dead actually being good, I binged it all out of desperation after how awful The Walking Dead has gotten. Fear the Walking Dead is definitely better than the current season, The Walking Dead, but still has a lot of the inherent problems that The Walking Dead has, like characters being inexplicably dumb, to forward ham-fisted plots, ridiculous healing time for injuries, stealth zombies, characters appearing and disappearing randomly, etc. But it does have a couple of really cool arcs and characters to its credit. Hopefully yeah. Lenny James does well in Fear the Walking Dead. Well, the good news is they fired the successful showrunner of season three and brought on Gimple. <laughs> Fuck me. For Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the one-two punch. The AMC executives with Gimple at the helm. Uh, I feel like Gimple is like the the stupid version of Morgan stalking, uh, stalking Rick from Georgia to, to the East Coast. <laughs> right, he's been stalking the Fear right, the Walking he's, Dead He's been stalking the Fear the Walking runner. Dead. He murders, like, what is this? Erickson, I think, is the guy, and, and then know. pulls off his mass reveal Gimple. Yep. <laughs> All right, Lucas from Milwaukee says... I used to watch The Talking Dead several years ago because I liked both Walking Dead and Chris Hardwick. Now, however, I only watch every fourth episode of The Walking Dead or so, and only because I like your podcast. And if an episode sounds entertaining, I'll watch it. But I haven't seen The Talking Dead in years. My question, should I watch The Talking Dead? Is it as equally entertaining to watch Chris have a nervous breakdown trying to stay positive about the show while having the most cognitive dissonance since Westworld? Thoughts? Man, I wanted to watch because I had time to watch The Talking Dead, and I started to, but, like, Gimple's smug, non-denial denial of, like, mm-hmm. like especially, it, it, w- it would be gross and insulting even if you didn't know the backstory behind Chandler's getting his ass handed to him mm-hmm. uh, unexpectedly. I guess he only found out two weeks before uh, they filmed these scenes, yeah. so... I just found everything about his manner and attitude to be off-putting and gross, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I watching that show, I wish, God, I wish I could have a, an honest, like, heart-to-heart conversation with Chris Hardwick. Because mm-hmm. he's got to be under some kind of contract Oh yeah, to do that show. He's forced to, week in and week out, get on there and softball these people. Yeah. Um, and pretend like the show is something better than it is. I, I don't know that maybe genuinely how he feels, but I would love to know what goes on in his head when he's filming these. He's got to be. Because he's not I, a dumb dude. He this no. he he has got to know. <laughs> but I think he does. His public persona purports to enjoy a lot of dumb things. Oh sure. So yeah. and I do think there's me a, too. Though. Here's the thing. I started watching the show because I thought it was going to be a serious, high concept. Yep. AMC drama, like like what, what Game of Thrones is to fantasy, this is going to be the zombie literature. And it absolutely tried to I am to not the guy that's like, oh, I just want to see dudes get chopped up and bit and written. And I'm making an elaborate, stupid accent. I don't know why, because that's yeah. a perfectly valid way to watch a show. Like sure. like, And if you're doing that and you're, is, is, you're, you're, you're super happy with it, fine. I just never was watching for that thing, and the fact that that's not that's not only all that's left, but they're not even doing that particularly well. Mm-hmm. There's hardly anything left for me, so I don't. But the thing is, is I could buy Chris Hardwick enjoying it on that level as well. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, the show, the, the Talking Dead, he comes to with questions like about theme and questions about characters and looking for insights and yeah and he doesn't seem like the guy who would just say yeah it's awesome because exploding zombie heads yeah i mean he i know that he can engage in that yeah sometimes and so can i but 
Well, here's what it's we just, do. It has to. We man. wait until this show is canceled and he's no longer got a contract to AMC, uh-huh. and then we try to get him on. We try to get him on like yeah. an episode of Bald Move TV, and we interview him and say like, "Okay, like I don't know what said, but like you know, blink twice if you thought this was a crock of shit." <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know because like I do feel like that that that's one that's all, all you know. Chris seems like a nice guy, but he he gets paid to carry people's water, and he seems happy to do it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's just not it's not the show. To, it's it's not not something I'm interested in being a part of. I won't even say he's happy to do it, but he does it. Yeah, and that's that's but, all you need. But to... like, if you need him for like, I remember. I mean, if you need him for anything, like uh, I was watching like some special features for Wreck It Ralph a couple years back, and he had this pop up feature where like every thirty seconds he would pop up in the corner of the screen and and give this like near hysterical fanboy knowledge about whatever video game is on the thing. And like mm-hmm. like literally, if you pay Chris to geek out about something, he's kind of like Will Wheaton in that way. Like, do you need? Do you need a non-offensive, attractive dude with a high Q rating to be enthused about your product? Chris Hardwick is your man. Hmm. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm not saying he would like. That's the vibe I get. I'm not saying yeah. he'd stoop for like a child molester. Like, like yeah, I, I'm right, not saying right. he doesn't have personal and professional limits. I'm just saying that like quality, I don't think enters into it. Hmm. Okay, uh, but as far as watching the show to watch him have a nervous breakdown, he really doesn't. He holds it. He holds it together. If he's having a nervous breakdown, you don't really see it on TV. Yeah, like, I mean, shit. The the week after his dad died, he was back on that show. Yes, doing his thing, and it did not seem to affect the performance Crit- much at all. Hardwick so, works fucking hard. Yeah, at his wick, and no, <laughs> he works really hard, and he's very fucking professional. Yes, which is why he gets a lot of work. So don't don't go to it looking for the breakdown because it's not going to happen. Yeah, Mike from St. Louis. Um, so he found our podcast during the episode where Tara went to Oceanside for the first time, which is important to the context of this email, where he says, anyway, my question is this, since I've stopped watching and the show sounds to um, have remained declining in quality, was there ever a callback or mention of the key card that Tara found in that episode? <laughs> Remember, it was the one that Heath went missing. I think we just talked about this last, <laughs> uh, at the very end of the feedback, fuck no. Yeah, that key card, completely useless. Heath completely gone for the rest of eternity as far as i'm concerned uh-huh uh none of those things are coming back they they were all i couldn't even tell you what purpose they served even during the episode that we had just watched mm-hmm. and we were talking about it in the moment it happened i couldn't have told you what it was about right two years later no i still can't tell you sorry i mean that happens to shows like i remember uh Early on in Star Trek The Next Generation, there was this whole plot line about the Federation being taken over by fucking right. parasites living your brain. Yep. And the end of that episode... You uh, see the, Ra- another Admiral wink, wink at the camera or whatever. And then the Riker and Picard zapped the main infest, infested Admiral, and you think everything's cool, but then you see a signal go out to deep space, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And then next year, the Borg. So, like... There, there is nothing like like it would actually be kind of funny if some Star Trek set in the future of Next Generation deals with the fucking neck neck thorn aliens coming back uh-huh. to get their vengeance. They just their 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 warp drive is for shit. They can take over yeah, your brain like nobody's business, but it's like fucking the Clampets. They're just like in this interstellar truck, and it's got a big old tablecloth thrown over the shit in the back, and <laughs> Grandma's like riding shotgun. It's just going to take them a long time to get there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it happens. Not everything pays off, but we've been really spoiled in the golden age of television for it not that not to be the norm. 
That's fair. Walking Dead, it's just a Tuesday when shit like that happens. All right, Steve from Ohio. What the fuck was that? Once again, so much hype for so much garbage. I don't know why I watch this shit show anymore. You're trying to tell me Rick didn't kill Negan when he had Lucille? Come on now. Kudos to Chandler Riggs for staying around so long. Honestly, going to miss his character. But what are the odds Gimple pulls another bullshit Glenn move and finds a way to keep Carl alive next season? Thoughts? Either way, they'll fuck this up. Um, yeah, we kind of already talked about this. I mean, that... But I got a lot, a lot of emails about that. Like, probably 10 emails just saying, Carl's not dead. Carl's going to live. They're going to fucking pull some bullshit. But how is that not just a Glenn dumpster? How is. is that not a false, totally is. a false cliffhanger that was going to make... I mean, that's the that's the huge tragedy about the Glenn thing, right? That mm-hmm. they fucking did this, this, this soft shoe, and then they just brutally killed him off like a few episodes later anyway, which... Mm-hmm simultaneously blunted the emotional impact to the audience and i mean how are people rooting for this like i love the character of carl and i want to see him grow up into this 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 badass man that his dad uh passes a torch to but mm-hmm. not like that not, <laughs> not like, like that this. not like yeah <laughs> yeah i'm that little 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 blonde assassin from the matrix not 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 <laughs> like this uh yeah i don't know man um i'm pretty sure we have more emails about it in here i had to kind of blitz through the emails this week there were so many i um, I mean i do like i said like it wouldn't that's the thing like it wouldn't surprise me i'm slightly impressed by sophistication of the messaging that they're put out to make people think that carl is dead like that's like going whole hog that's that's different from having hmm. you know kit harrington come out and be like no i'm really dead you know for an interview or two like having the mom and the dad and chandler riggs grousing about what an asshole gimple is in public and but yeah there yeah. is like the weird radioactive zombies that they introduced and there was i think there i read on the reddit and i wasn't able to confirm it there was some background chatter about like weird looking blood leaking out of some of these zombies and yeah i, I don't know i don't think any of that that's that's what i'm saying like even if it's not true it's my stupid equation. yeah and if it's not true then womp womp you know mm-hmm. uh anyway yeah this is not this is not a marvel show like whoa, whoa radioactivity whoa. <laughs> does not mutate you yeah. in the ways required to get superpowers like yeah. come yeah. on people yeah i know uh, i know there's an inundation of superhero stuff in the past decade but that's saw, not the show there was an interesting there was an interesting theory that I saw today about someone postulating, like, what if anyone born after the apocalypse is naturally immune? Sure. Like, if you find out that Judith is immune and, like, that makes, like, that makes the children even more important to preserve and they're, like, even more of a precious resource than they are just day in, day out. And, like, a twist like that, again, on a better show would be interesting. It would be it would be a signal that the show is turning into a more hopeful direction and maybe wrapping things up where... Because eventually the show's got to end, and it's got to end that a happy ending, or the zombies win, right? Okay. Well, that'd be, that'd be yeah. one version of, I guess, you know, a happy ending. But just being randomly immune because of a radioactive zombie bite? Uh, yeah. I don't really buy it. I don't either. It's. I mean, it is going. I mean, that's a, that's a total guy Ferrari move. Like total Z Nation, man. <laughs> Radioactive zombie yeah. bites that give you all give give you all the, 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 the all the strengths of zombies and other weaknesses. Yep. What's the strength of a zombie? They don't die. I guess so. Because everything else they is pretty much to, weaknesses. They don't have to eat. <laughs> yeah, they don't um, have to eat. They don't have to. 
I don't know. They probably do they shit? Do they do they do? They just don't have any bodily functions. They're they're freed from you know the enslavement to their genitals. Yep. They, yep. They can, and, they, and their brain as well. <laughs> but they, they are really enslaved for a lust for just just general meat. That's true. So yeah. you know the 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 zombie virus giveth the zombie virus taketh away. Sure does. All right, Gene, uh, Gian. I don't know how you say that. Gene, uh, let's call her. She says, "Okay, so what about old man Rick? Were we just supposed to let that go? I was hoping for that. I was hoping that the flash forward would have been explained in 808. Also, if a cure for Carl's bite is discovered, I will not be happy." Uh, yeah, this, we didn't talk a ton about this, but like that flash forward, which appears to no longer be a flash forward. It Mm -hmm. is some kind of fantasy that Rick is having Mm -hmm. in, in what, in a moment of, of, I guess, utter despair that it will never come true because he's sitting over Carl's grave. Not only is the vision completely a non sequitur that comes out of nowhere but what is the context of it it has to be him him wishing that that could have been a possibility but he knows that it no longer is right he's got to be over the grave of his son um and potentially someone else close to him maybe michonne or judith Uh. i don't know that's the only way i can reconcile that scene yeah oh man are we yeah are we having a spoiler section i hadn't planned on it now oh Let's do a spoiler section because I, I kind of want to <laughs> okay. talk about. Uh, I want to delve a little bit more on how radically this just is a divorcing from what the con- like. Because I, I stopped reading shortly after All Out War, but I went about a dozen issues past that, and like I just I can't get over what a fuck. This is the remix of all remixes. This is a remix that breaks the fucking universe. Yeah, like this is the this is the timeline Hitler won. I, 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 that's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how you tell any story, especially since the future of built the walking all, dead. All the tracks have gone to that future. Yeah. Like I've, I, I've, 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 I've read the comics enough to know that they were laying these tracks to go to that future. And then like YOLO, I mean, it, it, it that's the thing. I, I don't believe a fucking word about what Gimple says about this serving the story. No, because you're a shitty storyteller. This does seem just like just like fucking vengeance. It feels like corporate vengeance. Yeah, it feels like punishment for having your dad go out on social media two seasons ago and grouse about your contract being over and how nobody's really thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, I don't know. I, I am not privy to all of the information uh, behind the scenes. No, this is the, 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 like I said, the stuff that's publicly available doesn't seem to support many other conclusions. But again, yeah, more side. I, I, that's the thing. Like I, because I, I try to approach things and be fair minded about it. But I'm like, in what universe does Gimple and AMC actually have the best, the, the have the best, um, have the best in mind for both Chandler Riggs, the story of The Walking Dead, and the audience? Mm-hmm. Like, like the, 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 the to to to. To reject the theory that like what the Riggs family is putting forward actually happened, um, I'd have to like believe in a universe where the AMC executives have a fucking heart and a brain, and it doesn't seem like <laughs> there's any evidence to support that. Damn, brutal. All right, Murder Bear says, "I'm done. I never understood why the people who have been able to listen to this to a podcast without watching the show, um, or rather, he's never understood those people. But I guess that's how it's going to be now." 
The show is such a monumental waste of time. I can't devote my Sundays to it anymore. You get one good scene for every seven blatantly mediocre scenes and a couple of horrible head-scratching scenes thrown in for good measure. I think it's really, really stupid they're killing Carl. If that scene wasn't at the end of a terrible episode and season, I might have felt more than just the joy I feel for Chandler Riggs being able to gracefully exit this dumpster fire. It might even set up an interesting dynamic between Rick and Sadiq the next season, since it happened when Carl was doing something his dad didn't want him to. Hopefully you guys will let me know. Uh, also, Aaron, more Wildcat. Daryl, please, works like a charm every time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, very low. In the, he's a very subdued Daryl. Not a lot of wild. The Wildcat was tame this episode. He is. Other I mean, than, he had to feel pretty stupid this episode. Other than smashing Jerry's car with his garbage truck. <laughs> right. That was the... That was and, the and Reg's cold rolled steel. That's that's really the only, only, uh, only Wildcat we got in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis M., did you guys just confirm a major new tinfoil fan theory that has yet to be uncovered by the Walking Dead fans? That being Shiva plus Daryl equals Wildcat Daryl or Feral Daryl. Maybe when Shiva died, her spirit entered Daryl, and that's why he's so fucking wild this season. Totally. Damn, this shit is just as complex as Game of Thrones, and we never even knew it. Yeah. Not really. This show is garbage now, but we've dropped something important in the trash pile, like a family heirloom that we once valued, and someone has to dig through it. You guys are doing... Uh, you guys and... We love what you're doing. Okay. Sure. I, I literally, my well, brain will not let me read any of the dick sucking that comes in <laughs> through the emails. It, it, I get suddenly dyslexic when I see anyone praising us. That's the thing. Like, uh, you know, again, as I always say, it's like it's, we don't read it and not because we don't enjoy it. Sure. Um, it's just for time. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you for that. But uh, And it's for the audience. Like, I... I I understand when people write in and they uh-huh. say like a whole bunch of good things about us and uh-huh. they want us to feel good. We feel good about it. Yeah, no, that that actually works. But everybody else listening to this show doesn't care to hear it. Right, right, right. So we we don't cl- uh, include it in the show. But uh, yeah, no, I like Daryl's attitude has been that of a bobcat being forced into a tub of soapy water. Just, just, <laughs> you know, the whole time is just. <laughs> Uh, God, you can't even time. do that with a house cat. I can't imagine a bobcat. That's what I'm saying. Try to get Daryl in a tub of soapy water. It's not happening. <laughs> That's why his hair looks the way it has. Ever since he, the yeah. last time he took a shower, Beth died, and he just said, never again. <laughs> never again. All right. Herb says, yeah, sure, RIP Carl, I guess. Once again, this is The Walking Dead doing The Walking Dead things. Huge emotional moment with just enough cliffhanger to bring us to the next season. Would have liked to see Carl's full ending tonight, not six months from now. The delay is unnecessary. Not to mention Gimple sidestepping uh, answering if Carl is dead during Talking Dead TV show. Uh, did you see this? Did you see this quote from from Gimple where he says, it will play out like bites play out on this show? Right. Which is... it's Here's the thing. It's not vague, but it feels like you're avoiding the question. When you don't come out and like Chandler Riggs did right. say yes, I'm fucking dead. Right. Then it feels like you're avoiding, even if you're maybe I know. not. I know because because if you parse it, this will play out like bites play out on this show. That means he will die and turn into a zombie unless someone destroys his brain. Yes, but there's the no easy other way to read and that. Obvious and clear answer to that question is yes, he is dead. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the douche. That's the kind of douche that started up. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. No, I can't. This I, I man does either. not respect me, himself, or his audience. So yeah. Uh, okay. Nathan E says, if you remember last season, Carl was so, so hell bent on taking people out that he hid in one of the Savior's trucks to sneak into their compound and kill them. 
now this season he's moralizing on some let's give give hope a chance bullshit. Uh, this is a classic example of The Walking Dead changing someone's personality to fit in the direction they want to take the story. Um, what what made Carl change his mind on that? Or did he not change his mind? Was he just after Negan? Because I, I don't quite remember. Change his mind on what now? Um, so he, Nathan's saying that basically he wants to save everyone, including Negan, uh, whereas last season he was in a truck going to Negan's compound to kill him. I mean, and I don't remember why this, he changed his mind. I, I don't. I couldn't tell you either, and it's just the danger of remixing. Like, yeah, it's so weird because a lot of the sins of this episode are because they are continuing to remix the All Out War. Yeah, and and increasingly now that they're killing a major character who the show is ostensibly about, like I don't even know that. Like, what is that's not a remix. That's a that's an alternate history. So, but they're con- they will continue to mine. I'm sure the the try to mine the best parts of the comic and ruin them mm-hmm. because those beats in the comic that work are specific to the characters and their motivations built up over the year. The most frustrating opinion I've seen from the apologists of The Walking Dead was, well, you thought it was going to be Carl, but if Carl has vital storylines, they can just give it to another character. No, they fucking can't. This right. is Rick Grimes' son, uh, who we've seen grow up in this show. You can't just fucking give a vital plot point to Carl. It's not like Andrea. You can give Andrea's shit to Michonne, and it's fine. Like this, right. And that's that's the reason that I'm saying I don't know that they can salvage this show. No. because And they might need a full reboot. Um, right. Or, just fucking drop it. Like, forget the show for right. 20 years and then reboot we'll it. Do a Star Trek. Make it, it, but get... my my point being that they have fucked up these characters so badly and we're missing massive things that made the comic work uh, that take years to build. Years. You have to, you have to fundamentally create these relationships from the ground up or when the big moments happen, they don't work and they have right. done none of that. Right. And that's what they've so many times that things are really a weird and off-pitting is because they gave one character's plot to a different character who doesn't have the supporting motivation. Right. And, like, it can work, but it's not nearly as meaningful. No. It's... And sometimes they get it right occasionally, like yeah. Carol. Carol has been one of those characters where they've... It seems like they've done some work on and that's, her over that the is years. A wholly, that is a wholly original character to Gimple, as far as I can tell. Yeah, Carol which to di- me says the remixes are fucking it up. In, like, in the comics, Carol died in the prison. Yeah. So... And Daryl, mm-hmm. you know, Daryl was a completely invented thing for it. So, and they're kind of tied together, right? Uh, but I think they have done some characters justice in a lot of situations. It's just that they don't do it consistently with the characters that we need to care about. Um, specifically, like Rick and Carl. Where I think we have an email about this, but what the hell is Carl and Rick have no screen time together Mm-mm. in this season? Not really. Why? Why is Rick not trying to? to help Carl through all of this. Like, why are they not talking? Why is he not making him his lieutenant? Like, that's what I'm saying. Bring when... Carl into under your wing. And so when Carl dies, it's much more effective. Yeah. No, when Carl and, and it's it, it just, that there's a lot of stuff like the Carl saying, this is my show. Everyone fall in line is undercut because that torch has not been passed. Right. And Rick has no idea that it's going to be passed. Like, right. Right. If he were grooming Carl. Yes. That would be a totally different thing. And now yes. where does that leave him? Carl's dead. You know, the, he spent so much time and effort right. focusing on Carl being the next generation of this. Now that's gone. What does he do? You lose all that. Yeah. You yeah. lose it all with the way they've told the like, story. Like, oh, well, just Enid can be. Like, really? 
Really? You're going to build Enid into a surrogate daughter for Rick, which well, how many lines has he had with her? Yeah. How many years will that take for yes. us to believe it as a, uh, an audience member? Yes. And do you trust... Less than what's left on Rick's and contract? Also, do, you, do you trust Gimple to do it? No. Like, even if he had the years... That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll just stop it with all this. Like, oh, you can just give Carl... No, you fucking no. can't. No, you can't. Yeah, let's, um, let's, let's kill off the hero of Game of Thrones and make the hero some random fucking scullery maid from... A minor house that we've not ever seen until season seven. Sure. Yeah, yeah it'll be as effective. Uh, Nathan has one other point. He says, in light of all the, the horrible shit that's going on, I would like to give the show credit for one thing. This is the first time in about four seasons that we finally got rid of the single plotline storytelling. Even the Kingdom and Eugene-centric episodes had scenes with Rick. I would like to keep that going forward. Uh, see you guys in the next half season. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, we'll see. yeah. Um, but that is true. But I feel like they fucked it up in other ways. Mm-hmm. They 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 did not do the single POV um, episodes that they've been doing in the past. However, they did not execute well enough on the multiple POV episodes that we saw. Yeah, it's like it it's... became a mess instead of this singularly focused mess. It's just a a schizophrenic mess and you know it's funny because like we said that the very first episode like Mm -hmm. they are telling the story of a heist without us knowing what the stakes are what the strengths are what the weaknesses are where the locations are and that was a problem all fucking season and i don't understand how that got out of the fucking bulletin board stage i don't know man uh they're they're trying to do something artsy with this show and it's not working you're saying like don't blame gimple but like well don't don't put all the don't blame put all the Gimple. blame on Gimple, but like I'm saying blame him, but I don't think AMC is telling Gimple he can't just make a straightforward adaptation of The Walking Dead. Sure, because yeah. honestly, that would be the easiest thing in the fucking world to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the creative aspects of it, because I think, is all fair of the to blame technically him, but... hard things like a CGI tiger and a kingdom full of dudes wearing body armor and putting Carrie Payton in dreads every episode that happens anyway. Sure. So just fucking tell the story of the comic book and i could understand if like the writers are in the room saying let's do something awesome with this season Uh and they just don't have enough time to do it like the executives say look you got it you got six weeks to write this thing and block it all um and that's it and they they get halfway into their experiment here with a a bunch of face montages and flash forwards and flashbacks and they go oh shit we we don't have enough time to pull this off but if you do that Season after that's season after season, that's on you. Right. Like like this 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 is it should be so easy. They have the comic book covers and they start with like thirty uh-huh. at the beginning of the season. They're like, How many of these you do you just we block think? it with comic book covers? That's yeah. what I'm saying. You literally like, okay, well we'll do this, we'll you, do this eight you this, and this six next, and like or maybe we'll save this for you can shift things around, but like the yeah. fuck it's even storyboarded for you <laughs> what the fuck do you think Allard was drawing those pictures for Christ but the trouble is it's storyboarding with characters that no longer exist so the writers I'm... get in there and they go who's that but who? I'm saying all that Gl- damn Glenn who I'm, I've just came in this season guys I don't know anything about this I, I, most of that like Honestly, there was nothing that, if you want to go back to Mazera, the only thing Mazera really did that fucked Gimple potentially was kill Andrea sure but that's a pretty so that would have been f- a pretty easy way to adapt their, their their way out of it. I just like it just continues to perplex me that these guys struggle with these basic things when the shit's already been done and storyboarded. All yeah. you got to do is undo the staples in that comic book, cut them out, paste them around, move them around, 
<laughs> fill out the dialogue if you need more dialogue and you're 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 on your way man you're on your way I can't imagine that that's very creatively satisfying, but that's what I'm. That's why I'm back to blame. Thank you for bringing this back around because, like, it seems to me that we've been talking about Kirkman remixes. No, I think it's Gimp. These are Gimple remixes because, again, mm-hmm. I can't believe AMC's like whatever you do, Gimple, whatever you do, do not fucking adapt these comics directly from Kirkman's work. Like, they might say yep. you need to stretch the season out because we don't want to do a new location. In which case, oh, we're only going to do six episodes instead of sixteen. But this just doing whatever the fuck you want, and it, it has repercussions. You can't you can't mm-hmm. do it. It's like they're making the greatest they're they're making this weird clip show from a show that doesn't exist, and <laughs> so it's really frustrating. Uh, Matt S from Melbourne says, also in regards to Morgan, also wow, oh, I must have cut some of your email. Sorry, Matt. Uh, in regards to Morgan joining Fear the Walking Dead, there is no time jump necessary because I think we were speculating on this. Uh, from another email from someone else. If I recall correctly, season four of Fear the Walking Dead will take place roughly around the same time of season two of The Walking Dead, and we don't know where Morgan was or what he's doing in that time. Oh, that's true. I imagine we're going to get an earlier version of Morgan, perhaps even with his son in tow, and we can watch all of that shit uh, with the inevitable descent into Morganizing. Although, I got to say, it would be really hard to bring... You can't bring that actor back. You'd have to recast recast him. him, yeah. Because uh, he's probably like a grown ass man at this point. Yeah, but Chandler, can I but, ask but you? Then you would have to assume that Morgan can get across the country and back in the time it takes from yeah. season two to season what six? Wait, mm. when when does when does the clear episode or, happen? That's season three, right? Okay, so you'd have to get Morgan across the country and back in one season. But there was a big time. There was a the big time jump between until season, season two, five. season three. Remember the harsh Georgia winter, and I mean big so time got... jump. You're we're talking about the apocalypse here. It's not as easy to travel across the country anymore. True, you can't just hop a flight to L.A. Um, yeah, the, so clear happens towards the end of the of episode three or season three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is like, as I haven't seen Fear the Walking Dead, they could have like they could move towards the heartland, you know. Like they meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. And then tell where a new they story based in, in Colorado or uh-huh. <laughs> fucking Illinois or something. Yeah. Nah, I mean, but there again, fucking Gimple's taking over, so he might just be like YOLO. Hmm. I'll just have, I'll just drop Lenny James in this L.A. based zombie show, and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He'll get back to, he'll be, he'll get back to the terminus, and, and everything will be fine. Maybe. Um, he sees a future where. Morgan could be on both shows, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but we'll see. All right, Jeff from Lexington says, Overall, I'm going to say I enjoyed this episode. Granted, I'm grading on the Walking Dead curve, so it doesn't make the episode great, but it was much better than the seven leading up to it. Having said that, I have a concern. Um, he actually had two concerns, but I cut one. Uh-oh. Uh, his only concern that I read <laughs> is the problem uh, that he sees full- hasn't fully come to fruition, but you know they'll mess it up. Daryl is directly responsible for all that's happening. He's mm. the reason the Saviors escaped and are taking over Alexandria. Well, now, is that true? Because I felt like this episode kind of ham-fistedly tried to say that's not. How so? Like, they didn't didn't they ask Dwight? Like, because, like, how is this flooding the lower level of the sanctuary with zombies make it more likely that the saviors shoot their way out. 
The only thing I can think of is that it let all the walkers in where the people with guns could safely take them out to avoid, like, sniper fire from the Alexandrians. Speaking of sniper fire, where are those fucking snipers were when Eugene was up on the roof trying to launch that fucking, now that I'm thinking about it? Right. Like, you got guys fucking around with this weird flying contraption. Well, it was Morgan. Morgan was telling them all to help Daryl, right? Right, so they weren't, they, they weren't, yeah. They were guarding Daryl as he drove his dump truck in there. No, you're right. If if they had if the snipers had maintained their position, there's no way they could have pushed out and and killed all those zombies without getting taken out by sniper fire. Right. It seems like they just so maybe this covered is... Daryl and then bounced. Okay. Like I don't know why though. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like Daryl was just hanging out with like the posse of the Dan so far. It was like Tara Rosita Michonne. Michonne hasn't done anything too crazy. I mean, she was impatient. She wanted to see the savior surrounded by zombies herself. Okay, fair enough. And she blames herself because she left and this shit happened while she was gone, but she couldn't yeah. have done anything against it. No. But there is, I guess you're right, there is a persuasive argument that you could lay a lot of blame here for, for on Daryl. I think so. But there, that's um, the other thing. It's like, guys, don't get too... Atten- like. Norman Reedus is not going to sign another five-year contract. Andy, I, I've heard, again, you know, this, this was all the talk back in season five, but I've heard Andrew Lincoln's contract is up at the end of this season eight. Can they get him back to come back for, there's no way they're going to get him to go come back for five more. No. Like, this no. this shit is all coming to an end, whether Gimple and AMC wants to or not. Yeah. Because the other thing is, I haven't seen, seen any public statements, but there's a lot of things that, Andrew Lincoln has said on social media in the last 48 hours and that like Chandler Riggs has said like some kind of subtext that leads me to believe that like a lot of the cast doesn't like what's going on here, Mm -hmm. which if my analysis of this being a vindictive thing is right, then, you know, like I don't know who AMC thinks they fucking are that like they're going to intimidate Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus. Like you guys, you guys will be fucked up and washed up forever. <laughs> right? You'll you'll never work in this town again if you say fuck you to AMC Studios. Uh, nah, nah. I think they'll be fine. I they think they'll will. be fine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, his his whole thing is like Daryl sabotaged the plan, and and Rick should do something about that. And I think I had mentioned this that he basically should probably kill Daryl, um, mm-hmm. because- or Daryl should go to jail. Okay, Daryl should be putting a timeout at the very least. Um, he he doubts they'll do anything like that severe to Daryl. They'll probably just forget about it, that it was all Daryl's fault. It would be interesting to see, like, Daryl, Dwight, and Negan in a jail sale together. Yeah. You know? Like, Negan's... Oh, God. Negan's life. Uh, Put Ratface guy in there, too. Why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Have the quadfecta. And, and, and the slowly turning Carl. Put them all in there. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, I think I think if they if you actually did that, Negan would do like the governor daughter governor's daughter treatment uh-huh. to Carl. I like got, this kid. Right. He's I'm... got look at the stones on this zombie. <laughs> right, you're not taking him. Watermelon size zombie balls. <laughs> All right, Patrick W. I'm so disappointed in the reveal that Carl got bitten. Not the fact that he was bitten, just the scene itself. This is an example of sloppiness and the crew just not giving a shit. Does the crew not remember Carl getting shot in the stomach in season two? Where is the scar from the injury and the subsequent surgery performed by Herschel when Carl pulls up his shirt to reveal the bite? Likewise, when Rick was running around in his underwear last week, did we see any evidence of his pilot episode gunshot wound? Nope. 
He had a bandage from being grazed, but based on the Grimes men's amazing regenerative powers... Wait, I thought there is an, uh, a pretty prominent scar on Andrew Lincoln. There certainly the... was at some point. I don't I don't I know if I it was there it... during the trash people stuff. I thought I saw that that episode. There's like this mm. uh, distinctively like brown... You Calling know, you like, out, like... Patrick. Yeah, Calling I mean... Calling you I... out. Yeah, I, I thought I saw it. And it was like Maybe in, so. I think in the same chest, it's general chest area. I, I, I didn't see it on his chest. I saw it on his back. Okay. Like the exit wound, mm-hmm. maybe. Which would probably be bigger and yeah. leave a nastier scar. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jamie asks. Because that's the thing. Like, I don't the, I don't, I don't, don't know that the hair and makeup people fuck shit up. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. that'd be on them, right? The FX guys. Like, would, they just forget to, so. put, to put the scars on Rick. Yeah. Should be on them. Uh, Jamie. That's what I'm saying. They're, and there, you can usually trust them to, to be professional and do good work. Yeah. Jamie S. says, The Walking Dead is driving me nuts with its inconsistencies. I do not think the writers even watch their own show. This whole half season, Negan has been repeatedly saying he wants the Widow, the King, and Rick. In this episode, they get Ezekiel. They attempt to get Rick, but they just let Maggie go. They had her dead to rights and just let her go. Why? Makes no sense at all, and it's such inconsistent storytelling. The only defense I can think of is they need the supplies from the hilltop, but I don't... They don't need Maggie, I don't think that's justified. They don't need Maggie. Right, and and Negan... Like, Like, they should be afraid that if they don't bring... Maggie back with them, and they mm-hmm. had her their hands on her. That Negan would kill Simon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Simon's already in a little bit of hot water, right? And he's just going to let the one of the three major people that Negan is looking oh, to Negan, put. I mean, that that this isn't Simon calling an audible. There's no way. Like Negan, Simon is doing what Negan wants him to do. Then why has Negan suddenly turned around on the widow? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Like it, yeah. uh, it really doesn't. Either way, make any it's sense. inconsistent. Yeah. All right, Corey says, uh, I haven't watched one episode this year, but I've been listening to the podcast. Now that Carl's dead, is that it for you guys? It seems like Aaron was only hanging on because he wanted to see the story of Carl and Rick. Um, and that's kind of the thing that y- you addressed earlier. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can skip that one. But yeah, it'll definitely be part of our 2018 content discussion that we do at the beginning of the year. Uh, Eric E. So I'm reading these recaps of last night's episode, and one thing sticks out to me. At the beginning of the season, we see old man Rick wake up and see Michonne, Carl, and was presumably Judith. If Carl was bitten and ends up dying, and then this was just a dream sequence? If so, fuck Gimple right in the ear for doing such a ridiculous fake out. And if Carl is really alive after getting bitten, well, then fuck you in the other ear, Gimple. Well, I mean, Gimple that goes did... against all the rules the show has been abiding by. Gimple did use the Barbara Walters Lynn's dream effect, mm-hmm. and we should have all known it's very that this hazy. was a dream sequence. Yeah. Because you just should have known. You should have known. They used the gauzy filter. You know, sometimes I feel like they, they, they got the label switched on their dream or flash forward filter. Uh-huh. And I, it just, I can't tell That's the difference That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm being entirely sarcastic. <laughs> oh, I like, know. Like, no one, like, yeah, no, it's, it's, and then the thing is, is like, the fucking, this, like, this da- plot and the timeline came is such a fucking mess, man. Darabont came in and switched the labels on him. <laughs> And now As suddenly their flash forward becomes a dream, and, and, they, and, and nobody none of notices. Their directors, photographers, or yep. editors knows. And well, noticed. they get one take on every scene, so they 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 yelled roll rolling, and they yelled action, and then that was it. That's yep. their one take. So yep. can't go back. Um, it's, all it's, right, it takes way too much time for the face montages to try yeah. to get that stuff. Sure does. And we know that that's how you build drama: the face mm-hmm. montages. A montage seems a face montage seems like a pretty easy thing to film to me. 
Uh-huh. Like, let's get a green screen. Something you can do with let's all the characters in separate locations, too. That, you or know. just get them. Like, if they're all on set, just get them all to walk by the camera real slow. Yeah. To walk by the camera with a green screen behind them. We'll do it all <laughs> digital. Right. Pretty easy. All right, Jeff. Love the show. I've stuck with the show since season one, but no longer feel the need to watch it. Rick and Carl were the only reasons I've kept watching through all the bullshit. But if Carl's arc ends with him dying, I don't care where the story goes now. With that said, I feel a little bit cheated as a viewer the Carl's going to die from a walker bite because, and in no particular order, walkers are no longer the threat they used to be, which I think is fair. This show has told us that, but mm-hmm. yet they continue to kill characters. Let's say the main character just died from two and a half zombies. Right. It's fucked up. Um, his death is partially... Well, by the way, he was armed with a gun. He was, yeah. And another person to help him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Number two, his death is partially at the fault of a character who we have no idea who he is. Um Right. Number three, if Negan had killed him in front of Rick, it would have been way more powerful and fit with all-out war. Um, number four, the bite was essentially off-camera. We know when it took place, but we weren't really supposed to know about it. Curious to know what you guys think. I just I just think that if they were going to kill off Carl all along, they could have come up with a better way to do it. Yeah, I saw like some people engaging in some pretty good fan fiction. One was kind of like a Braveheart style where... Negan accepts Carl's offer and he was set to publicly he's going to like slit his throat or something and Rick comes in and he's like got ahead of seem to stop it and Michonne grabs him and it's like no Carl's been bit he's going to die anyway this is his choice and Rick has to watch Negan kill his kid mm-hmm. and that would be, I mean I, that's that's the thing it's like I'm, I was like man that'd be fucking powerful like why yeah. the hell can people in Reddit come up with that in 12 hours after seeing a steaming pile of shit and I get it. They might not have enough time, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. Like, if you just content yourself, ah, oh, shit. I don't know. Like, it's no, it's okay. So I, I got. I want to read this email from Jake because I think even with as badly as they fucked up the show and this season in particular, I think there would have been some way to salvage the impact of the finale. And Jake kind of dances around the point, and then I. I I want to talk about that. So he says, prior to finishing the episode, I was getting ready to email in that the show has lost their balls to kill off characters. Uh-huh. Now it just appears they've lost their minds. How did the only character death this episode after the Savior's escape come from a walker bite from an unrelated mission? Want to make an exciting emotional mid-season finale? Scrap the Oceanside storyline and put Enid behind Maggie in the car so that the person who dies matters. Yeah. Yes, kill off Jerry. Don't have Ezekiel running around saving the day again. Have him sitting on his throne as they come for him and then have them public, publicly execute him right then and there. And he's he goes on with, like, how you could kill all these different characters, sure, right? Yeah. No, In I, effective I, ways. I, I thought for sure. I was really bummed during the live watch. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to fucking they're kill, gonna Jerry. kill Jerry. Yeah. Because that would – I would be – not gutted, but no. I would but feel, he's a pretty lovable character. Yeah, he's he's been a lot. He's been one of the only like ever since Eugene stopped working. He's been mm-hmm. one of the only really funny comic elements of the show. Yeah, and and I know we don't have a lot of characters like that that you right. can kill and that would be impactful. But what if you killed a lot of characters like that? And uh-huh. Negan came in and really laid down the law, which he should fucking do. He should kill seven, eight characters that we care about. I mean, you go you go back to like the idea that quantity has a quality all its own, right? right? Like you could truly shock people in that way, as opposed to this lame bite that comes out, like he says, out of an unrelated mission. The only right. person to die from this that we care about isn't even killed because of the actions of these people, right? It's so fucking stupid, right? Like, what is the lesson that Rick's supposed to learn from this? 
What if Rick's group got literally every last person from the kingdom killed? Every single one of them. Uh-huh. Nick j- Negan just rolls in and kills them all. Yeah, just raises it to the ground. <laughs> I mean, that would be devastating, right? Yeah. as More devastating than Carl getting an unrelated bite. But like I said, like, I mean, again... Go back if you go out through the all out war plotline in the comics, like they have really exciting reversals and plot twists and unique and novel forms of combat and dealing with the scarcity of ammo. And this show just they're fucking remixing ruins it, it literally ruins it. All right, Tom in a Volkswagen says Aaron has spoken often about the interest he has in following the father son relationship between Rick and Carl. I think there was actually more value in using the Walking Dead presentation of Rick and Carl as the perfect what not to do guide. Can Aaron recap the parenting lessons he got from this half season? <laughs> and I'm kind of putting Aaron on the spot here. Uh, well, I, I've got a couple of my own that I noticed. I'd but. have to do a lot more. I'd, I'd have to t- do a lot more transition and training work before I flip the keys to my son for any major <laughs> ongoing apocalyptic military venture. Mm-hmm. I'd probably do a lot more Sarah Connor and a lot less, you know, gun farming and and uh, I don't know. <laughs> long Saturday bed sessions with my hot new girlfriend. Um, but no, I mean... I think if, if you want to follow in Rick's footsteps... That's or- what I'm saying. Like, the, sto- the the lesson if the Rick would learn is, like, fuck anyone that's not with my team. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't go out and try to to, to save people because that's what got my son killed. Sure. It definitely did. But he's going to learn the opposite lesson he from will. that. His yeah. mercy is going to overcome his wrath... Uh huh. For for no real conceivable reason. Right, right. The thing I learned by watching Rick, and I I think this is the the way that Walking Dead wants me to view it, is to be almost completely absent in your mm-hmm. fathering responsibilities, uh, and then just dream about the glorious future your family's going to have, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems to be his strategy. Right. Uh, all right, Jackie says, I followed this show diligently for its entire run. Like Aaron, I'm a parent, and the parts that have really gotten to me over the years have usually been the child in peril things that The Walking Dead loves to do so much. Right up until the beginning of the last season, they were still making me anxious with what ki- with that kind of stuff. But now Carl looks like he's going to die, and I honestly can't say I felt much more than mild surprise. I was more affected when Carol had to kill Lizzie, and that's a low, low bar. What's changed exactly, I couldn't tell you, but none of it feels consequential anymore. I'll probably watch this thing to the end out of some dumb stubbornness, but at this point, it would be sort of great to hear AMC tell The Walking Dead to look at the flowers. (laughs) It's a safe bet that the back half of this season will feature a flashback episode where we see exactly how Carl got bitten, because showing scenes out of sequence is art. Can't wait to experience that sure-to-be-riveting moment. Uh, Also, last night's episode was... Maybe Scott Gimple's a fifth-dimensional being... He's, oh, he's, he's just playing he's like a Matthew, chess game. Matthew don't McConaughey in Inter- Interstellar. He's just yeah. like it's. This makes perfect sense to me. Right. He can see the entire board. All Time's once. a fl- flat circle, guys. Just you know, spin around till it makes sense. Uh, she goes on. Also, last night's episode was dark. So dark. So literally dark. I couldn't actually tell what was happening half of the time. I turned the brightness up on my TV, and even then, it was pretty hard to follow. I had to go. Like So I was playing it on my laptop. It was so fucking dark, even at my brightest setting, mm-hmm. I had to go into the video player and like manually adjust the gamma to see what was fucking happening on the screen. Yeah, between the dark and the smoke, it was one of the uglier things I've seen shot uh, yeah, it's disgusting. on television. Mm-hmm. And and it's not, not in like the cool stylistic way. No. Like I said, if you want to see like 
I mean, I've talked, uh, I've talked about this in numerous times, but like better call Saul is really pushing the limits of what you can do with nighttime shots. They're using yeah. new technologies and new cameras to have superior, like you can, you can light with a can, like you can just use candlelight to light these scenes and it looks awesome. And they have. Yeah. Um, but you know, that requires investing in new and expensive camera technology and, mm-hmm. uh, DPs that are talented and know how to use it and are artists that care about their craft. And I look, I don't know who the DPs are and they, they, you know, whatever they could be the Seth Rogans of, uh, the disaster artists and just like, whatever, man, the checks, as long as the checks cash. So, um, but you can do nighttime shots and shots of battle with fog and fire and not have it look like a muddy black mess. Yep. But I can't do it on the walking dead. No. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion about the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Um, and, and you know, Chandler Riggs and what, what his deal was as far as, like, oh, does he want to go off to college or whatever. And I, it, it's weird because, like, people assume that now that he's off the show, that's what he's going to do. He said exactly the opposite, actually, that he is taking a year to kind of do the acting thing mm-hmm. before he decides whether he's going off to college or not. Mm-hmm. So like him wanting to go off to college, I don't think had a real role in this from his side. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know about the AFC executives. It looks like he was taking, in fact, it looked like he was conscientiously taking steps to make sure he could do both. Right. He was like his, from what I've heard, his house, his school and the set were within easy driving distance. That yeah. sucks. That sucks. For sure. And now that he's not on the show anymore, he's said, I'm going to, I'm not going to college for a year. I'm going to go pursue acting and music and see where that takes me. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, he's got the money to do it. He's got the time if he just holds off on college a year. So mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. But a lot of people are like, oh, now he can go to college and do the things. I'm like, that's not what yeah, he's that wasn't, said he's going to do. That, that so. wasn't the barrier to, to that anyway. Right. Right. Okay. Barry C from the UK says, with all the shows, very clumsy presentation of time. Uh, like was Beth's Beth's death two years ago or last Thursday? I predict the amount of time it takes Carl to turn to be the longest ever a live walker turnaround, probably even the whole half season. Uh, a- according to Chandler Riggs, that is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He is in one more episode that he says is the ninth episode right. of the season, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it will not be that long of a turnaround, most likely. I mean, they've they, like, and they've already. Sh- this shit's already been shot and sent the can, right? So, like, I don't think he's speculating. He's no. telling you how it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the way it's got to be. Yep. Um, Andrew T says, "Here's a quandary: Out of all the shows you've covered through the years, which group of characters would survive an all-out war scenario if pitted against the others? What I mean is, if all the core group of characters from the Bald Move universe were somehow sucked up by White Rose into The Walking Dead." And had established their own respective sorghum-based communities near Alexandria, who would survive? Would Maeve have her empathy turned down to kill mode? Would Don Draper have an army of riding mowers? Could, <laughs> could Bogdan's eyebrows eat Lucille? <laughs> would Nucky be able to disguise himself as a walker? I'd say the only two shows would be ineligible or Legion and True Blood. That's just cheating. Yeah, fucking Nucky could just, like, you know, put some mud on him, and he just, like, you know... Yeah. And he, he, Steve Buscemi does the rest. Uh, <laughs> right. That's a good question because I was about to say we don't have haven't covered a lot of badasses, but we do have the Westworld. I just got finished finished watching The Punisher. 
Mm-hmm. That would be an insane. Watching Frank Castle in the World of the Walking Dead would be pretty pretty nuts. So, mm. uh, how about Scully Scully and Mulder? Scully and Mulder, nah, <laughs> they're not going to survive long. Maybe maybe season four. The truth Scully is Mulder. out there. Oh, and it's right behind you, Scully. And it's about to eat you. <laughs> right, right. It's, Turn around. Uh, no, it's, seriously. It's one of those damn stealth walkers. Although Ma- Ma- Mulder did go toe to toe with zombies in one in that one Millennium crossover episode. Shit, I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, that was a that was a, I think a season seven job. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I said, I, I, don't... I feel like if Walter White what about and Luke, Gus Luke, Spring teamed up, can Luke be... Cage be bitten by a zombie? That's a good question. His his skin can repel bullets. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Luke Cage would just be a one-man wrecking machine to those zombies. You know what? No one could ever sneak up on Matthew Murdock. No zombies, That's no matter true. how stealthy, stealthy they are, nah, yeah. could ever sneak up. Right. He could just avoid them all. His own footsteps would be would be all he needed to sure. detect zombies. Plus, like, you know, he would just go full-on katana. Like, you know, the only reason he doesn't use, like, blades and swords and stuff is because he doesn't want to kill people. Like, zombies, he could just, like, go yeah. crazy with bow staffs, katanas, and... Mm-hmm. everything else so yeah that'd be pretty good like it's essentially the superheroes where we've gone to the superheroes <laughs> right. of the we've cheated we the system what are you yeah. gonna do <laughs> hey you said it the bald move that's that's part of it yeah part of it uh final email maybe James. pete can just always set up zombies where they're on a staircase and tumble down and just <laughs> like like a bowling ball knocking yeah. over pins great uh final email james c says as far as i'm concerned carl deserved what he got Anyone who walks around the Bold woods without talk. any armor or protection in this world is an idiot. They've all had plenty of time to make protective clothing. He rolled up a magazine. Uh, hell, a rolled up magazine can protect your arms. Yep. Given how weak zombies are now, it would be embarrassing to go out so stupidly. Seriously, like, I, I mean, wear, wear a pair of rugged overalls, like Carhartt. Yeah. You're done. Leather jacket, you're done. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're... Maybe even a thick flannel, like... yeah. I don't. I don't know. And I get it. Like, oh, it's so hot in the heart in the hot Georgia. But like, you know, that's when it's 110 degrees outside, and I'm I'm riding my motorcycle. I still put on my fucking leather jacket and my boots and my gloves and my helmet because I'd rather sweat than bleed. I'd much yeah. rather sweat than get turned into a goddamn zombie. Yep. So there. Yeah, it's. It's crazy, and you still got Rosita going out in tank tops and shit. Like that. That's uh-huh. the thing. Like. It's a weird universe because they try to be so self-important and realistic about it, and yet they don't ever learn. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like that's that's the show I want to see. I want to see these humans MacGyvering both a political society and effective technological countermeasures. Like to me, this show would all be trying to reboot reboot some kind of feudalism capitalism system and fat lady singing and you know. Cold rolled steel armor and all all that stuff would be would 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 be what we'd be doing instead of, I mean that's the thing like and he not that I don't think anyone's accused of nitpicking this season but like I was really thinking about it because I had a little bit of time today of how much shit that we haven't even commented on yeah like the fact that Rick and company pulled up with corrugated galvanized steel panel like roofing mm-hmm. material and that's stopping bullets right. Get no. I, I mean, there's like, we, like that's what I'm saying. Like we have let we so just, much shit slide. We are talking big picture story things now. Yeah, we're not talking about you know a caper dangling Glenn to a well and how stupid that is. We're talking about like just giant story level shit. You don't have to nitpick when you got that stuff. No, we just spent two hours doing a podcast on a one and a half hour show. Uh, 
and didn't get into any of the nitty gritty nitpicking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's just no time for it anymore. Right. Um, I, I, if we had done that, we would have a two hour show every single week, and right. that's. I don't think that's interesting. I don't think it's it's not something I'm interested in doing. I don't think it's something people are interested in listening to. So I don't know. Uh, but that's the end of the feedback, and therefore the end of our episode. Uh, we are going to be back next week. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm gonna put the spoiler stuff off till till next week because maybe some of the readers can join can can join me in on that. But I, I want to spend a good amount of time talking about, in my mind, the damage that's been done to to the to the story. Yeah. And uh, especially to the all-out war, because, again, it's an efficient little fast-moving action storyline that should have been the easiest thing in the world to to set up a knockdown. And they just chose not to. And and here's here's the thing that's going to be weird, I think, maybe about this week is we don't know when we're going to record that episode. So if you want to get feedback in, I suggest getting it in earlier rather than later, Um, because we... We're running into our Christmas schedule this week, and we mm-hmm. have, like, a ton of stuff to do. So who knows when it'll get recorded. Right, right. But we're planning on releasing it next Tuesday at the usual time. Yep. So get your feedback in early if you want to be included in that. Agreed. And, and apologies to all the people I couldn't include this week. There's just a ton of it. Watching dead at baldmove.com. Follow us on all the social media. Search for Bald Move. Uh, also, baldmove.com is your uh, is your your uh, your hub for everything. Bald Move. And, of course, we got the forums if you want to vent your spleen some more you can go to forums.baldmove.com there's an episode thread uh feel free to create a wrap-up thread maybe i'll do that maybe i'll do that right now uh in the walking dead forums for people to gather their 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 thoughts and stuff about that as well cool that's it um we will see you guys next week for the wrap-up until then i'm jim i'm aaron see ya